Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 39 of the Ripper, the Teller, and the Gremlin. I said um, 39 with quite an emphasis because I'm not going to get to do the episode 40, and we, we had a discussion about this before. Um, but anyway, moving in straight to the news He's as not always. Bitter. I'm not bitter. I was going to do it, but I have a quiz this week, so um, I'm starting this episode. Um, but yeah, moving on to our news pieces, I'm obviously going to start. And first off, I want to talk about you know a company that I absolutely adore, um, mm. and that is because they always share their exclusives with me, and that is Sony. <laughs> I love Sony. No, I I have you know animosity amnos- with um, Sony. So I shouldn't have picked that word. Should have picked an easier word. Um, yeah, I have that with Sony because of, as we, as if you've ever listened to an episode, you probably know Demon's Souls um, remake did not come to PC. Your baby. They said they would in the trailer and then they went back on it. Anyway, moving on. That was some intern's big mistake, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, ruined my day and my year. <laughs> but uh, moving on, this is actually kind of me being a bit more positive towards Sony and that is because they have actually created a Steam curator page Um, and if you don't know what they are um, a lot of kind of companies and developers will create their own curator page where it has all of their kind of titles so it's once you kind of get big enough Ah, um, you have more than you know one or two games you can create your own page um, so that everybody wondered what that was yeah so it's kind of like um because obviously steam is a little bit like a social media because you can obviously like post things and you can you know you make your own views there's a lot of interaction um, and these curated pages are kind of for the companies to be like hey these are our games this is you know and then they can kind of use it like a social media and be like mm. oh here's here's what's new about us um and yeah i i see this as a really positive thing because obviously we've we've had um horizon zero dawn and we've had a few others that are kind of lesser known and i probably don't know them um and then obviously we're getting days gone and then the rumor is kind of we're going to get more and more titles and this is just kind of you know adding to that that eventually you know hopefully most of the if not all um playstation exclusive games will come over to to steam now that we've got mm. this curator page you know they're clearly investing in it and they clearly want to have a community on steam it, isn't just a case of they're they're just shipping them out for the money and they're just yeah. like well there you go enjoy trying to build pay, pay over the fees exactly they're trying to build something and apparently the page actually lists 41 games and dlc um but currently only 24 pieces are uh, are actually available currently so clearly they they're already uh you know getting ready to announce the next things that are coming which obviously is really exciting for me because i would love something like ghost of tsushima or god of war to be the next ones which have oh, apparently been stated they both as look the next so amazing ones. on high-end pcs as well exactly and they're both meant to be the next ones but i'm i'm like i'll i'll believe it when i see sony finally share it. yeah they seem like the two like golden children in a minute exactly That's kind so, of like... so that either means definitely will or would never share <laughs> one of the two you know like it's either going to make them loads of money so they would definitely do it oh or yeah they'll never imagine, share it imagine how much money they would make from those two yeah well they've instantly PC. sold both to me so yeah it's um it's hope i, I mean it's hopeful because like I, i've talked about before i talked about horizon zero dawn i absolutely loved that didn't think i would like um going into it and i actually really had a good time with that <laughs> um I don't, I've kind of been looking at Days Gone and I've kind of been like, I can't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know whether I really want it. And Jack's kind of, when you yeah. talked about it briefly, Jack, it was kind of like a, it's yeah. good, but it's also got a lot of kind of meh yeah. about it. And, and I'm like, yeah. yeah, I think I'll miss this one and then wait till 
till some of the games I'm more excited for. You I know? think it's finally going to play Bud, Bloodborne on PC <laughs> maybe one day. One day. Do you think it's also the case that you know there's a bit of deflation in that you know that Days Gone Two is not happening as well. Oh, definitely. That it's kind of like a one and done deal. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I mean, not that franchises are everything, but it does feel like, at least from the outset, I don't know what you what you can kind of say to this, Jack, but it feels like Days Gone was kind of setting up for, for the next set yeah. of IPs, you know, having a yeah, Days Gone kind of franchise. Like, yeah, like it, it definitely has that, that, that feeling like it could, it, like it was a... Um, an entry to a new world of you know a new game like set of games and yeah it's yeah like we talked about briefly before it's kind of gutting that they're not going to be doing a sequel because like i there was elements of the first one which mm-hmm. were amazing like and which were really good like and i i could see being a fantastic game that in fact all three of us would enjoy but mm. without making a sequel we're never going to know. <laughs> so yeah. so we, you just either stick with the, the broken, well, not broken, <clears> but the one with the issues or you don't. But to be fair, I say that Bradley, I wouldn't let it put you off what I said because you, you have more of a grind for games than I do. So I you do. would, True. you would probably enjoy <laughs> days gone because the more you grind at it, the more you thrive in it. So mm, it's yeah. kind of like, it's Bradley would be done in 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Bradley's you know, like, what apocalypse? I wiped them all out. <laughs> It'll probably be one of those games that, like, for now, while I have things to play, it's a no. And then in a few months, because obviously summer's normally quite a dry spell for games releasing. I find that so bizarre. Like, I know we've lived our entire lives, and this has always been the case. Yeah. But it still blows my mind that it's, like, you As know, soon as September hits, games it, Yeah, <laughs> the floodgates, isn't it? It is. It's so strange. But, yeah, so I'll probably in, like, August, while I'm off, be like, yeah, I might just just have a quick grind yeah i mean i mean gone. i'm hoping to catch up in the summer that's just my goal mm-hmm. with, with all the various titles that so I have. it's so funny like if you compare us to like normal people who are so excited <laughs> about being able to go out in the summer oh yeah i forget like, this even a thing and, yeah yeah and like go enjoy like social life and chris is like i'm gonna wait till the summer and grind my games <laughs> that's my goal and like, like, what are you doing well, today like i've done for the last wasted years. another day yeah. no yeah it's not you a come to my to family's me. barbecue. Ugh. What is socialising anyway? <laughs> I've got Vermeer to do still. <laughs> uh, so moving on to my next piece of news, because um, I'm assuming we have nothing more to say about their kind of yeah. Steam page. You know, it's just something simple. Just good, I like positive. To, I like to, exactly, I like to bring it up because it makes me excited. Um, and I like to talk about things that, you know, that I'm interested in. So Funny enough, the next thing that I was kind of interested in, um, and I'd like to see what you kind of think, especially Chris, um, I don't know if you've heard about Lightforge games. Mm, no. Have you heard? No. So it is a new developer, um, which technically they're classing themselves as kind of an indie studio because they're not very big teams. However, this Definitely. indie studio um, is all remote, which obviously, you know, setting up an all remote studio at this point is kind of realistic, you know, mm. not not committing to yeah exactly responsible not committing to you know renting out a place of work is it's kind of smart as well you know if if we've proven in in the pandemic that we don't really need to then why bother so it is an all remote indie studio and it's actually comprised of um blizzard and epic games ex-veterans oh nice yeah, a lot so, of those popping up, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, we know what Activision Blizzard is like. They're just constantly laying people off. <laughs> so, so poor guys. Maybe have these to are do the guys something. with their five hundred uh, in-game currency. In-game currencies, yeah. <laughs> so they got to do something. So they've teamed up with some of the Epic um, Games developers, and 
they've actually kind of released a statement that they hope to revolutionize RPGs. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I was like, I'm on board. Exactly. I was like, Chris will probably definitely be. I have no idea. I don't know what their concept is, but I'm on board. Yeah, to be fair, that's kind of like they've said things like, we all love highly social, creative games, and we particularly love games where players drive the narrative. And that definitely sounds like a bit of you. (laughs) So it's it's something that like i'm really excited for i mean i love mm. you know i i'm not a massive blizzard fan but i've loved the blizzard games i have played um and obviously as much as people kind of make fun of epic with things like fortnite you can't you know you can't doubt the developers just in kind of how well they've supported that game you know the fact oh, yeah. that it is still alive four years later is just crazy it's you know it, people moan at it because it's like ruined gaming but it's not the developers <laughs> fault the developers are just running a business at the end of the day yeah if if they're going to keep updating it and people are going to keep playing it it's the gamers that are ruining gaming if anything <laughs> god damn it uh, but yeah so just you know not a lot more to say we don't really know much about them you can go and see their kind of little uh i would say logo they kind of <laughs> yeah. cover it. it's actually really nice to be fair to it it's light forge i games. like the name yeah it's cool isn't it light forge and it's kind of fun because it's, it's like they're indie that. devs as well. So they're like, it's not a heavy duty forge. It's a light forge as well. Yeah, it's kind of exactly. Like... So a lovely little piece of news. Temper which... your expectations type thing as well. Yeah, which brings me on to my last uh, little piece of news. And it was just something I found out in the week. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and that is that 505 um, Games has announced um, Ghost Runner 2. So, oh, yeah. Why do so... I know 505 Games? Um, I mean, I know you just a ghost runner, but yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what else they've done to be fair. I, I recognize it as well, but I can't think of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so they announced in, in kind of a really fun way. I remember I was, I was on Steam and they obviously, again, because the new things come through for the games you play. Um, I, I was looking like through the top bits. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you why you recognize it? Yeah, go on then. Hang on. Oh, they're the Hang publishers, aren't on. they? Yeah, yeah. Well, so they've published I, things like, yeah, there's a lot. Death Stranding, Death Stranding. Oh, how was that? Control. Oh, Control. Wow. So you probably see, yes, yeah, so you've probably seen their logo come up and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Or things. yeah. So yeah. yeah, they actually announced it in a really quirky way. Like, well, I say quirky, but it was just like I wasn't expecting it. They kind of released the document from Five O Five announcing that they were like kind of endorsing a, a sequel and i was like that's really weird but but i like that they're like that close to us they're like here look this is what we got from 505 like they said yes to our next uh, game and it was just one of those things i was like that is going to be so good because one that game is already amazing mm. two it's had so much success for what their kind of expectations were so i think they sold around 600,000 um copies which yeah. For a kind of a game that wasn't really, you know, um, you know, it's not a triple A game realistically. It's more of an indie game. It doesn't really have this kind of massive development. It's had so much success, not just from the sales, but just from the the community it's built as well. There's so many people that, you know, especially in the speedrunning community, that absolutely adore this game, um, and they've just continued to support. It. I don't know whether you've ever gone back to it, Jack. I haven't, but I continue to see the things they're adding. Um, and they've added things like new game modes. Um, like loads of obviously custom, you know, skins and things. Because you know, mm. why wouldn't you add it into yeah. that kind of game? Where I, the skins I, are already so, like you know, the the katana skins. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm super excited to to see what the second one yeah, holds. I'm, I, I'm hoping it's not just the 
you know a bunch of new levels i, I want no. to see you know something, something new different. as well yeah um, it's it's interesting because yeah. i would i know i would get it like already i know i would get it unless it oh, was really? just like a rinse and repeat i think i would definitely get it because i had such an odd experience with the first one it was like i told you it was like a love hate because yeah. i i <laughs> it's not a game that i would stereotypically play and i played it because of you're talking about it and it just oh it caused me unreal levels of stress but unreal <laughs> levels of reward. Do, you, do you know so, why that's why i've actually it's been on sale it was on sale for like 10 pounds the other day and I was yeah. just like, you know what? I can't commit to this. Mm-hmm. No, and this is the thing. I haven't gone back to it. Once I finished <laughs> it, I was like, yeah, I beat you. And then I was like, I beat this game. And then I was like, I'm not doing it again because that was stressful. Um, and like, uh, yeah, I, I, it was weird because it was a really weird sense of rewarding because mm-hmm. of how stressful it was. So I feel like I would put myself through it in a, in a different game, like in a second game. So uh, and if, you're like i loved it i hated it and i would definitely do it again yeah I, it, I, it was awful but i'm definitely gonna do it you're again slowly so. coming to the soul's life way <laughs> but like yeah, yeah, oh, self-loathing I, <laughs> yeah. that's the stat that's the stu- that's the stupid part that can't make sense to me is that i'm like i just when you were talking about it i'm just thinking why do i know i'm gonna buy this like exactly. why do i know i'm gonna play it it's gonna like, be so good and so frustrating stressful yeah but yeah but yeah I'm really excited for it, but that is all for my news pieces this week. Cool. Nice. Well, um, uh, you taking it away, uh, Chris, or do you oh, want me to I was going to, I was going to, was going to slide in there, Jack. Yeah, do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a couple of different pieces, and to no one's surprise, I teased this first news piece last week. Um, but we got the official reveal event for Total War Warhammer Three. So this has a lot of people very mixed. Um, the community is extremely mixed, actually. Um, and I think, I think a lot of it comes down to it was a very muddled reveal, reveal um, stream. Okay. Because uh, obviously I told you before we had it sort of the information leaked. And then they were meant to have like uh, this stream day. And then the trailer leaked early like the actual in-engine um, cinematic trailer, um, which was Kislev versus Korn, two of the factions, literally just that, just them two going at each other. And it was a cinematic trailer. It was like a, a Kislevite general. And it's really fun. It follows him and he slowly gets corrupted by like chaos. And you see him slowly sort of twist from this Kislevite general into like a chaos lord. And like he gets all these veins on his face and his voice transorts, the trailer goes on and he sort of, you know, starts off on Kislev's side and then ends up as the Chaos Lord leading the, uh, you know, the the armies of Korn. Um, And it was really fun. It was really sort of over the top and it built into this big crescendo of you had a blood letter, which is like this giant 40 foot demon that flies uh, like a, a de- doom demon on steroids, um, <laughs> on steroids, and no. then and then it ended with this really cool shot of we got uh, a shot of earlier in the trailer of the armored war bears, which were like you know uh, rumored and and were always a thing. Like it was a bit of a meme in the community. Like oh, we're the war bear riders because mm-hmm. um, it was kind of a community made sort of idea that games workshop obviously have now actually officially sort of made but they've gone a step further because 
in in the law, there's always this idea that Kislev, the lad, the different parts of the Warhammer world have this innate like magical element that's kind of like native to that sort of specific area. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is that Kislev has always been this natural, cold, magical land. Um, it's you know it's Elsa's place from Frozen, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but everything's trying to kill you. Um, as opposed very different to, Disney film. To, to to make your friends, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> Katarina would be a very interesting Elsa. Um, but anyway, <laughs> the money shot is the bloodthirster, the big big steroid demon running at a giant elemental ice bear that's like sixty foot tall. That is essentially their super unit. Um, so the trailer was was awesome, but why I think it stole some of its thunder is because that trailer was meant to be during the live stream. So when that trailer popped up in the live stream, everyone was typing in the chat that I could see, skip, already seen this, skip, already seen this, skip. Aww. Um, That's so so sad. Yeah, but the biggest problem with the event was they build it, they'd set it up as Warhammer free reveal event. Um, but realistically, all they showed was two of the six factions, which is, I understand, because it's a marketing campaign, right? You, you, they're going to feed us information slowly up until release, right? Um, they're not going to give us everything all at once. Um, but I think a lot of people were sort of expecting that or expecting more because of the way they sort of build it, the way they sort of um, presented it as this world reveal event. Um, so they showed us basically one new game type um, and that trailer and they started it by the the director came on of the of creative assembly and he said um, blah 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 blah. you know thank you to all our staff for working really hard they've like, done really well uh, we've done we've done this and like you talked about their charities and all of this stuff and half the chat when he was on was just skip not here for this what you doing skip um Again, oh, it's so cruel. It was extremely uh, hard to, but I, the thing is, I, 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 I personally, I want to listen to all that stuff. But I understand that people are here for a gameplay reveal. They're here for. They're not here to, you know, <laughs> for this company to be like, look at all the charity work we're doing. Look at all the amazing work our staff's doing. <laughs> I think. Like the best way to do stuff like that is have that in the back end, have your reveals, then have that at the end of the show so people can yeah. stick around. And that way you avoid all this toxicity from people who, you know, uh, you know, we all would, they're just there to see the, the game stuff, um, which, you know, I can understand both sides of that. Maybe do it in a nicer way and don't just keep <laughs> spamming in the chat skip sharp get to the game <laughs> but um it's, it's like i say i understand the sentiment but i think it was a bit it did make me a bit feel a bit bad for the devs you know um but yeah and the, the big issue really was around the new game type people were like quite livid um because they showed a basically a survival battle um, and it's also been called game journalism easy mode because all the content creators who make content on YouTube for Warhammer destroyed it, like aced it, did really like said it was the easiest thing ever. And then Creative Assembly said, well, a lot of the gaming journalists failed it multiple times. Mm-hmm. And 
literally but but again you've got people who uh there was one comment that was like the absolute state of gaming journalism fails easy mode five times <laughs> and i was <laughs> like oh this savage but i get the sentiment <laughs> um uh, but, but yeah but also you know you've got to realize these guys are content creators they play this game in these are these are the veteran players and then you've got gaming journalists who maybe aren't even though they're playing on easy easy mode Easy. Um, easy. Yeah, literally, the content creators were like, "This is far too easy." And then CA were like, "Yeah, we made it that way for the journalism, for the journalists," and they still failed. And it was like, "Oof, oof, oof." Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was it was this survival mode with it had like light uh, tower defense elements, almost sort of moba esque sort of elements because you could upgrade units, you could return units, you could buy units into the battlefield. There was loads of sort of firsts for it was kind of like a hybrid mode between total war and like a tower defense um, where you were invading the realm of chaos. But this had a lot of people very upset and a lot of people very split. Personally, I saw it and I thought, wow, that looks epic. I really like the idea. And you've got to remember, this is something that will happen very rarely in your campaign, they said. And this is just an extra game mode. This isn't like the new way battles will be fought. This is just mm-hmm. like another option or something that happens at a pivotal point in your campaign. Um, so people who are stressing and are worried, like don't panic. It's not, it's, you know, you might play it four times in, in a, in a, you know, hundred hour campaign. Um, and yeah, it's just a tough one because they didn't reveal a lot. I think it was muddled in the way it was revealed. And then they had all the content creators on to talk to the devs and they came in with these big exposés, these big interviews with all these questions and about 90% of the questions, the devs answers was, we can't talk about that. We can't talk about that at this time. And it was just like, this is a reveal event. This is like a, and you like, literally like, what's the kind of the point? It's like you showed off one game type and then we kind of know nothing about the game. Mm-hmm. and a lot of like your diehard fans are now like those people questioning their pre-orders questioning all this stuff because again the game is like eight months out and there's fps issues there's uh optimization issues there were graphical glitches uh, animations bugging out but like that's just stuff we're eight months out like potentially uh, there's still no release date but the theory is christmas um i think uh september or november Um, And a lot of that stuff, you know, will get fixed and sorted out and will be at the same standard that Total War Warhammer 2 has by the time it releases, right? Um, And the most noticeable point of that was the impact from the cavalry charges. It was literally just like two blocks hitting up against each other, which if you look at at Warhammer, you know, there's a stagger animation when they hit each other, if they're cavalry, if it's infantry, the infantry literally like gets hit by a horse and goes absolutely flying and loads of the dudes die from the impact and just (laughs) fly out. Like it's, it's, there's, so I, I doubt they've just got rid of that. It's just, it's still under development. This was just a, have a quick look at the game. It was just two factions um, so really it was just a tease but I think they just marketed it wrong right. and everyone's expectations were so high um, and I think people's expectations were too high but it, it's not just people's expectations because I think CA the way they marketed it as this big 
world reveal. And I, I love C8, like I'm not trying to have a go at them, but I just think it was a, a problem in communication. Um, but, but, you know, I'm personally excited, but what I'm trying to get at is I understand people have reservations and people are kind of scared, but I think it's, from what we've seen, it's way too early to judge. There's way more development needs to go into this. Um, and there is the time to, to put that in there. Like it's still a work in progress. It says that right on the tin when you're watching the gameplay. Um, and there's no way they're going to release Warhammer 2 and it's going to be worse than Warhammer, uh, Warhammer 3 and it's going to be worse than Warhammer 2. They're literally running on the same engine. They're the, there's, you know, it, it, it would blow my mind if the charges and all the amazing features in 2 are just completely cut from, from 3, you yeah. know? It wouldn't make any sense. It would be absolute insanity. Um, so I just think if you're mm-hmm. stress, if you're one of our listeners, you listen to me talk about Total War, you're stressing out yourself, just calm down. There'd be, you know, loads more months of coverage. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, uh, the, the prevailing theory at the minute is we'll get Grand Cafe. Yeah, cafe, as you guys love every time I talk about, because you think about a cafe as opposed to Warhammer China versus probably what I would assume would be... Um, Zinch, which is the god of knowledge and uh, birds, weirdly. He's, there's a lot of bird imagery going on in Zinch. Um, <laughs> so I, I imagine we'll get Grand Cafe versus Zinch in like a trailer, like a head-to-head. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that is when they will show the Seedry works, which they've teased, and minor settlement battles. Then uh, I imagine we'll get a Slanesh um, versus uh, Nurgle which are the other two chaos gods, which are the six factions were in, in the game. Um, so like I say, it will be, it's going to be a slow burn. There's a long way from release. Don't panic. Um, and, you know, if you haven't seen the gameplay, you know, it's archived. They cut it up into different parts or you can watch the whole thing. Uh, just type in Total War Warhammer free into YouTube and a great list of content creators will come up. There's Italian Spark- Spartacus, uh, Lawmaster of Sotek, Turin, Milk and Cookies Total War. Um, all these guys have fantastic videos where they talk about their thoughts, their analysis. Um, they talk about the issues, the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go out there. All that stuff's out there for you to check out. Check it out if you're interested. Um, but I will move away from my ramblings of Total War. Uh, and I will move on to something that is a a bit easier for for Jack and Bradley to interject with. So Destiny 2 um, has just got a transmog system. Wow. And have even... It's been quite a while. Have (laughs) even... Quite a while is an understatement. (laughs) Have have either of you seen this system? No. No. Uh, So it's being... Uh, touted on the internet as potentially the worst transmog system ever and it only took how many years (laughs) so are you are you ready for for how this transmog system works yeah got the paragraph here hit me okay so you have to earn synth strains by killing enemies you have to get 150 synth strains which you then turn into the tower, cl- uh, into the tower, which then gives you a class-specific bounty. <laughs> then once you've done the bounty, you'll earn synth cords. Then once you have enough synth cords, 
you convert them to synth waves. Oh my god. <laughs> this is this is sounded like you know an awful joke. Like yeah. he's yeah, like, yeah. no, nah, I'm joking, you just pay real money. <laughs> <laughs> then you use the waves to change any unlocked armor appearances. So so anything you've picked up, any armor appearance from basic to legendary is now in this transmog like folder. It remembers the gear pieces you picked up, which again is very hard to do. And I love it when games do transmog like this and it's rewarding for us. If I've picked up an awesome helmet and then I've out leveled that helmet. Now I can just go screw you. I'm putting that helmet back on. Right. But you have to do all this first. But there is a serious, serious grind issue here. And they've got three different forms of currencies. And the third iteration of the currency is when you can finally transmog. <laughs> like, the, it's just mm. unnecessarily grindy. <laughs> Hang like, on, boys, I just got this new... This, I just got this thing I want to wear. Let me just go and do this side quest. And then let me just go do this bounty. And then uh, let me go transfer that into that. And then this into that. Nice, I got one weave. Let's do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How much do you need to transmog? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 150. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I say, the grind is crazy. And the site controversy with this is you can just pay real money um, for... <laughs> For the final stage of the of the synth waves, just just the final one. Uh, or you mean to skip to that final stage? Yeah, you just you, you oh. can pay for the waves. Oh, so, okay. I so thought you meant of, like you can only pay to skip to that phase. No, so instead skip of, to the end. So instead of going out killing the enemies, which apparently isn't based on amount of enemies killed, it's based on time played. So the drops tied to your time played as opposed to the enemies killed. So you have to kill the enemies, but it. It, they'll oh only God. drop at certain intervals based on a timer as opposed to get this many kills and they drop type thing. Mm-hmm. So that's got people really upset. Um, yeah, so they've also decided to cap how much synth weave can be accumulated per in-game <laughs> season. So... <laughs> oh, oh, you want to keep accumulating? Do you want to have fun? Do you? <laughs> So only 10 pieces can be accumulated per class per season, mm-hmm. uh, which is like pretty much nothing. Um, like I, my, look, I, I, I understand the want to sort of destiny two went free play, free to play, right? At the base game. So yeah. I understand the need to try to monetize a free to play game. And I have no issues with monetization in a free-to-play game. If I'm playing your game for free and I'm getting great um, level of enjoyment out of it, I will happily chuck a developer some money for, for, for some <laughs> sort of One skin, of for some sling sort him a of... quid. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I haven't paid for this. Um, I mean, I know it's slightly awkward for the guys who did pay for Destiny 2 and then it went free-to-play. Yeah, did they get anything, or was it just like? Oh, you I don't skin. know. I mean, I never checked because I you paid get an for OG it, skin. Then, yeah, oh, get, they got a, they all got a weave. They got one weave. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this just again is being touted as the worst transmog system like ever, and which is quite a statement. It, I mean, I can't think of anything worse than this, Bradley. No. I know, that's what I mean. Like, it's quite a statement, and it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just unnecessarily, like, 
complicated and i know it's probably because they're like hey hey if you can't be asked to grind for 250 hours here's uh you know here's some some silver crates you can buy on the store when when you log into the game does it how does it present all that information to you i i don't know i haven't actually um, like does it does it have in in one big screen that you log in and you'll that you just get an essay of what you need to do to transmog or does it do it step by step (laughs) do you know what Uh, i mean like how do you tell your player base how they go about this it's it's probably just not even explained brandon it's probably just like imagine imagine not having online guides and trying to figure all that out Yeah, like I say, it's such a shame because Transmog is like one of my favorite systems in video games, especially um, I think something I'm talking about later, Elder Scrolls Online has done it fantastically well, where now Transmog basically goes across all your accounts, all your characters. So I unlock something on one character, I can pay a small amount of of character gold to apply that to any of my characters. Mm-hmm. so everything is retrospective everything builds and that's in-game gold currency like stuff that you that you have to grind for but you can work for it um so like i could spend a day doing quests and doing dailies and then i can spend that money to transmog my armor uh so yeah i had to spend a day but this sounds like it's gonna take you a lot longer than a day <laughs> uh <laughs> That's yeah, a commitment. I'm just, you know, a lot of us were hoping um, with, you know, Bungie moving away from Activision, we were kind of hoping they would, and I, and again, I'm saying I understand it's free to play, they want to monetize it, they need to support the game somehow, but come on, make skins, there's better ways, make badass skins, like there's better ways to monetize this game yeah. than this. Agreed. You know? Mm-hmm. Especially in, in, like I say, a mechanic that is very near and dear to a lot of gamers. But anyway, yeah, I'll, uh, you guys got anything to say on that before I move on? No, it's just shocking. It's <laughs> just shocking in general. <laughs> just shocking. Just disappointment. <laughs> okay, we'll move <laughs> on to our... a long way since Reach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I like that, that episode title that there. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just imagining the Bungie employees like when George throws them off the ship just falling back towards the reach <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny um, they're doing that in reverse though they're coming away from reach <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm on to my last um, news piece so Ubisoft um, we talked about this last week so Ubisoft uh, we're talking about was it the Division Heartlands yeah, and they were talking yeah. about going that going free to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a huge article that followed that up uh, a couple of days ago. With Ubisoft are actually looking to go free to play for multiple of their big IPs. The right. quote was that they want a free to play game for every single intellectual property they own. Wow. Um, and their- what's the catch? <laughs> That they have quoted to say, we have enough money now. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we you know, we don't need it anymore. There's a couple angles on this. Um, so, so the first is sort of, they've said they, they want to focus on high-end free-to-play titles. 
the claim it's is it's where the money is, isn't it? Realistically, we'll, we'll get there, Bradley. We'll get there. <laughs> um, we'll get there. The, the claims that they will they claimed that they will no longer release three to four triple A games a year. So usually they release big titles, triple A titles, and you know it, it's not uncommon to have three to four titles a year. Um, it's very impressive, actually, if you look at the, the stuff they've put out before. I mean, you know, some there tends to be a lot of bugs in their newer games, so maybe that's a discussion. But uh, it is impressive how much mm-hmm. content Ubisoft actually do put do you out. Mean Ubisoft having bugs. <laughs> Ubisoft don't have bugs in their games. I mean, Ever. some of my favorite memories are some of the. Assassin's this is where Creed we look bugs. over at, at Jack, and he's got no face. He's just floating by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you mean bugs? <laughs> what do you mean bugs? Oh god, in Unity, please yeah. Find, yeah. Please it's just please like the eyeballs and the. He oh, looks God. like that, and he's like, I don't see anything wrong do, with do this. Do you know what that looks like? It's like on Sniper Elite, where you get the headshot, and it goes into the kill cam. Yes. With the skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so they sort of talked about, and this, this part is sort of theorising, on uh, a, a gamer, like, uh, on, a, on the game articles part, but they sort of talked about how, for years, uh, in Assassin's Creed, in Ghost Recon, in Watch Dogs, We've had uh, microtransactions be increasingly um, relevant and increasingly in there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's packs in, in you know, from Origins through to Valhalla, and they've only got more and more aggressive and more and more sort of, preve- uh, you know, um, relevant to their games. Um, so they sort of talked about how much money they've made through these in-game cosmetics, and it's served as kind of a, hey, we could potentially don't have to sell the games because we can just prioritize this stuff to be the money we make back from games. And I always say free to play as a double edged sword. If Mm -hmm. we're getting great content for free, of course I'd happily buy some stuff in the store to support you. Yeah. Um, If it's a a mess that's just rushed out the door, that's buggy and broken, I'll probably play it for a week and then I'll never touch it again. Mm Mm-hmm. That is the harsh reality of free-to-play games. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm not trying to... I love Ubisoft, uh, even though I have been disappointed with the different directions they've taken in recent years. Mm-hmm. I will still be fully on board for giving this a go, for seeing... I mean, you know, there's that fear that is this just... They're seeing how much money Warzone makes, how much money Fortnite makes, and they're trying to chase that you know, as opposed yeah. to focusing on a great creative vision for their games, which, you know, was something that Ubisoft of old were so, um, you know, embedded in. When when you go back to the games we grew up with, the Splinter Cells, the all the various Tom Clancy games that had this distinct vision of what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do, have you guys got stuff to... Sort of, do you want to say on it, or no? I, I kind of agree completely with what you've said. Yeah. In in the fact that, to be fair, I'm kind of guilty. I don't. I, if a, if something's free to play, I don't buy anything. <laughs> no, <laughs> I will just play it free to play. But I'm not a cosmetics person. No, no. that's what I was going to say. It depends, doesn't it? Because yeah. like I I am like half and half because oh Jack, that, come on! I've seen you I'm drop some money on Fortnite. Come on. on. Yeah. No, no. When I say half and half, what I mean is like I'm not as bad as people like 
who Zach. you know thrive upon like that they thrive upon like Zach yeah but um but <laughs> it's I like do story with Zach isn't from, it yeah from, <laughs> I feel like we have to shield him yeah from time to time though obviously I am partial to a to, to a little purchase um for something cool cosmetically but um yeah I, I agree with what you're saying entirely it's 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 a double-edged sword because you don't just want them to just like slap a free to play game in your face. That is just a load of rubbish as well. Right? And the same, do you know what I mean? By the same breath, you don't want to go, yeah. Oh, here's the new free to play game. That's here's by the Ubisoft. new splinter cell. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> with all your friends. Yeah. And it's, and it's just rubbish. Well, and, and you're and, like, and, and they also, that is worrying from the fact that they said they want all their IPs. So, hmm. you know, we're waiting for the next Prince of Persia. We're, we're wait, waiting for the next Splinter Cell. We're yeah. waiting for the next, is it, they do Rayman as well, I think, is one of their dead franchises. I'm waiting for all three of those. And I'm waiting. how <laughs> upset would I be if they came out and instead of going, here's the brand new, you know, it, it, uh, entry into the franchise that we've poured our hearts into, that we've tried yeah, yeah. to reinvigorate. Instead, they just go this half-assed, Here's your free-to-play Splinter Cell. Here's your free-to-play. Here's your free-to-play Assassin's Creed. It's mobile, and you pay microtransactions <laughs> for assassination <laughs> contracts. Oh, oh god. god, I can um, see it. You can visualize it. Though, yeah, it? No, that's so, what I mean, so, that's the worst part. <laughs> so I mean, that's just us fear-mongering. Like that's you know, but but there is the possibility um, of stuff like that, and that's what has me a bit scared because mm. I know there's a lot of people who have who were Ubisoft diehards who have, you know, um, been heartbroken by Ubisoft uh, just because, the you know, as gamers, we're a very passionate bunch. And if something starts going the way you don't want anymore, you know, you're well within your right to, to leave. And, and I see a lot of stuff online of people really hating Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. And that does make me sad because it is, yeah. a, is a company that I've always loved and I've always... Oh, yeah um had a soft spot for it's funny I, though because the bigger your company gets as a game developer the more hate you get mm-hmm. and it used to be kind of like these big companies were like golden standard you know it was like ubisoft these games are amazing you know mm-hmm. like ea oh they yeah. do all the sports games and then it was like <laughs> now it's just like ea's crap ubisoft's all, gone crap <laughs> all the love i see now yeah. really within the gaming world is indie, indie devs yeah it, it is. is astonishing because like, we don't expect anything from them and then, they and then we get something yeah so i i do feel sorry for these big companies at the end of the day so. there's a stigma attached to anything they do i think exactly so yeah. it is always hard for them now and, and you know to make any sort of recovery. This could just li- this could literally be I mean we were fear mongering a minute ago, but this could literally be they're like, We want gamers to have free games. Like they yeah. could be going at like the most like consumer friend at friendly angle either. And straight away we've gone to so corporate greed. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <For> corporate greed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh. Oh, I like that. But, but yeah, I, I don't have anything else to add. You guys got anything else before we move no, on? No, no, just don't give us a mobile Splinter Cell game, please. <laughs> what, you don't want them to tie into um, <laughs> oh, Siege in a, in a no. Siege Splinter Cell crossover game that's free to play? Yeah, no, I'm not interested. Sorry. But I do love Ubisoft, so um, I'll probably still buy it because I'm a sucker for Oh, it. does that mean we'll get a free to play For Honor revival? They might just do oh, it in one be- big <gasps> game. You know, like Splinter yeah. Creed. I'd be, yes. I'd be on board. Splinter Creed, like... Rayman's Creed. Division. Splinter, also... <laughs> Splinter Creed, Rayman's Division in Persia. This could in be Persia. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, 
there's two aspects I just just like went into my brain, which I'm like, oh, actually, there's two positives that have just popped in my brain cells. And the first one is this could see, you know, stuff like Forerunner that has been really what has done really well, but never really was the financial success that would sort of Forerunner has done well, but and they've supported it, but it never did well enough to really get the sequel. So maybe if it goes free to play and you're not worrying about sales and you're doing all the in-game stuff, maybe stuff like yeah, Forerunner Runner with will... in-game stuff, it already does extremely yeah. well so, like, so, compared so maybe... to the amount of people that actually play it. The, yeah. A lot of that portion pay for microtransactions. Oh, myself included. And I've, <laughs> I've bought the game. Like, it's quite bad if you think mm. about it that way. Um, but yeah so so maybe this is good from that it can give game franchises that can't survive in the normal commercial industry a, a second chance at life mm-hmm. um, and also i absolutely adore um crossover stuff so if this is sort of like you say i know you're just joking around but i'd be I'd, <laughs> With I'd, every franchise no not every franchise but like on a siege <laughs> but, but they could do like the tom clancy stuff sort of crossing over which i really enjoy when they've done that in, yeah, in they, the, they all make sense though. And then over. you could do, you know, the more sort of like, oh, an assassin's found a precursor relic, and then he he lands in like Prince of Persia world, or like lands in For Honor or something, and because you know there's all kinds of mm-hmm. lands in Sam Fisher's garden. <laughs> I mean, I think you need to separate. <laughs> the fantasy sort of historic no no jack's onto something from here. the modern day yeah <laughs> get the old philosophy right. actor back and everything well, michael ironsides you know. yeah yeah oh, i, I want to hear Ironsides. that i want to hear him talk about how there's someone in his garden <laughs> we we've been watching the alienists um, <laughs> i tried to do an impression then and i was like i can't you can't get you can't you can't ever get the so guy. grovelly yeah. But um, we we uh, we've been watching the Alienist just quickly on Netflix. Oh, great, great series. Yeah, and he's in it. Um, he he Is plays. He? Yeah, he's H.P. Morgan. You know the guy who set up the massive investment company. No H. P. Morgan. Why? He's the big fat guy who. No way. Big fat guy. How yeah. did I not notice that? <laughs> yeah, we Jack, love how you. did you? His voice is literally Sam <laughs> yeah. Fisher's voice. I wonder. Wait, is this the first season you're watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think because I watched the first season when it first hit Netflix, and I watched the second one not too long ago. I I think I did notice it back then because I rem- I, th- I have a vague thing in my head that I freaked out when I th- realised it was him. Yeah, um, so I, I was closing my eyes, started and I was looking just over your shoulder. Sam Fisher's like interrogating the alienist. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what this show is. <laughs> oh, the it's alienist is great. It's yeah, but uh, we're not here to talk about the alienist. No. No, 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 we're not talking about it. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I think that's it's, it's time for your news, unless anyone else has got anything else to add. No, no, you're all good. No. Okay, brilliant. So my three pieces of news today, I don't have anything gaming related, which is really weird for me. Whoa, I know, I, I know. Bradley were exclusively gaming to this Yeah, week. so this is my, so my news trend. just well kind done. of hit me in one go. And I was like, wow, like news, news, news. So um, three pieces of movie news. Um, first oh, movies. Of all, I was like, yeah. Three pieces of politics news. Yeah, so, <laughs> three pieces of general news. Did you? <laughs> the weather. Um, so... <laughs> Anyway, oh. first and foremost, uh, a bit cold, isn't it? Yeah, a bit cold. <laughs> it's a bit chilly. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so first piece of news for me um, is with regards to a sequel being made for the film *Knives Out*. Now, first thing I have to say: oh. Has anyone seen it? 
Yes. I have not. It's... Oh, it's so good. Oh, Bradley, you've seen a film. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've watched <laughs> loads of films. No, but like, like you've seen what we're talking about happened. on the podcast. Yeah, true. <laughs> but Bradley, how good is the first one? It's so good. Yeah, right. The whole it, time you're sitting there like, oh, my yeah. God, what? What yeah, but good? like, but do you not think just the cast just make Fantastic. it perfect? Everything, everything's perfect. So th- you'll like this then. Okay, so <laughs> there's some news about you'll castings like for then. the second one, for the second film. Now, Daniel Craig is returning his role, yes. obviously, um, which so is just good. great in itself because he's weird in that, isn't he? He's right? so weird. Anyway, <laughs> so alongside him, so far, they haven't disclosed um, any other returning roles, but so far we have Dave Batista. Oh, I like Dave Batista. We have Very Edward Norton. Underrated. Hmm. Edward Norton, who is a f- like he is Phenomenal. incredibly underrated Fight as well. Club. Yeah, yeah. Edward Norton is just a masterpiece of an actor. Uh, so we got Dave Batista, Ed Norton, <laughs> and right Kath- I'm not sure if you're going to know her by name, but you will definitely know her, Catherine Hahn. Yeah, Catherine Hahn. So, so she's the she's um, thingy from One Division. She's the bad guy in One Division. Yeah, she's amazing, yeah. and she's also in a lot of stuff as well. But anyway, she's lit- she she was literally like comedy queen from like yeah. early 2000s, like right. and. Yeah, exactly. This is so. This is my point. Is that I know you haven't seen the first one, Chris, but the the first one kind of revolves around like really strange comedy, and to have three people in there already that we know of that are all sort of nutty and different and weird and in their own ways. I'm mm. just super pumped about this already. Like I, I and the fact. Yeah, that I, I, I love. I love all those actors. Yeah. What do you think? I need oh, to watch the yeah. first one, no, and then just, you do. It's oh, so oh, good. We need to talk about it on the podcast. Because, because um, that's one thing that sort of, because you know, I, I've talked at length about how I dislike the Last Jedi, um, because it's right. all subversion of your expectations. What, how did we? How did? Yeah, we, well, how I was literally like, I was like, did I just so, black out? <laughs> so, Knives Out, Knives Out is directed by Ryan Johnson, uh, right, who directs Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Right. From what I've heard, Knives Out is a masterclass of subversion. The man is, that is his directing style. He subverts your expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's what I'm saying. So I hated The Last Jedi, but in this sort of environment, this is where I imagine a man like Ryan Johnson shines. And that's why I've always been interested in Knives Out. Because I'm like, I want to see what this guy can do when we're not expecting a Star Wars film and we're expecting yeah, yeah, like yeah. a murder mystery, you know? Yeah. That, yeah, that's fair enough. So, so yeah, we're all excited for this. You need to see Knives Out just to, just to understand. It's such a wicked, like witty, like dark humoured film, but like the whole time you, you literally love every single member of the family. Like the, mm-hmm. do, Bradley. every cast yeah. member is so great in their own way good or bad you're like good or bad so you're like good. i love them all well, yeah chris evans is in it as well isn't he yes mm-hmm. and he and his character is just so anti-captain america he's a real like piece of Dish. work like yeah yeah like oh but, good but, yeah but he plays it with so much charisma and swagger and it's like it's just such a I great think evans is an underrated actor oh i like it 100 um so so i'm really hoping that the second one doesn't let us down because of how good the first mm-hmm. one is um so yeah that that's definitely one to watch because uh, especially with those uh, actors being cast I, I think especially ed norton for me he's just incredible so i can't wait to see what he's like in this film mm. um but yeah so that's my first piece of movie news uh, and i'm so glad bradley has seen one <laughs> i just can't believe i've really not and bradley yeah. has 
So my <laughs> second piece of news, um, this is more sort of, it's controversial, but this is a bit more sort of horror themed, which I know doesn't interest you. However, I'm trying to keep you on board here. So <laughs> stay with me, stay with me. So, so <laughs> the newest, so we, the film Spiral from the Book of Saw, that is the title, Spiral from the Book of Saw, um, no. released in America about a week ago, and it comes to UK cinema tomorrow. Um, now, anything, I love the Saw films, and whether or not you like Ugh. gore, whether or not you like the films, they I are don't mind the Saw incredibly films. clever. They are so yeah, clever. that's why I like them. Like. And, and you take the gore away from it, and you take away what the, the gory mystery. thing. They're, they're incredibly clever, aren't they? And that, mm. they, they all intertwine so like, in such a unique way. And I love them, right? So when I heard they were making this film called Spiral from the yeah. Book of Saw, I was like, hmm, this is interesting. Now, first glance, Chris Rock is the lead role. And I was like, hang on a second. Chris Rock <laughs> in a serious role. The zebra from Madagascar, are you sure? The zebra yeah. from so, so anyway... Now, I'm not saying he can't do serious, but that was my first reservation straight away. Now, I've watched this film closely, like not the film, but I've watched the trailers very closely since it first was announced. So the reason I want to talk about it is because it's about to launch in the UK and I will be seeing it. However, <laughs> I am really skeptical because it has mixed reviews, but the majority of the reviews are not that great. Like there is some out there saying it's good, but no one's saying this is fantastic or this is great or and and the worrying thing for me is that a lot of the reviews are all saying the same things which you don't find often about reviews that, that different sources all sort of agree with each other on on mm. the same negative points so i just wanted to quickly run through a couple of them and just kind of what why i'm i'm skeptical so i've kind of got them like bullet pointed here but so chris rock is the lead role i'm going to say that again he plays a detective, a senior detective, right, for the police force. And it's essentially he, he has a renowned dad uh, who is like, you know, long-term serviceman of the police force, who is Samuel Jackson. So another big actor. Um, okay, he can do serious kind of, but um, it's still a bit of an odd choice. Anyway, the, the, the thing that, people aren't complaining about Chris Rock's performance at all. They're actually saying he does a really good job in a serious role. Um, and that it's, it's, it's not hard to take him seriously. Mm -hmm. However, the biggest problem with this film, and it kind of set itself up for failure in my, in my mind with its name, the people are saying this film doesn't know what it is because <laughs> it's not sore. Like don't call it sore because that would be a direct sequel to the Saw franchise. Yeah. Like Saw number right. whatever. It's called Spiral. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. But the Spiral is the Saw logo. It's the, the swirly circle that goes in on itself, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then why chuck on the end of it from the Book of Saw? Because what you've done there is you've told people this is related to Saw, but it's its own thing. But people, the, the general view of... It's the, a marketing... Um, yeah, because yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they want Saw in there somewhere, but they don't want to call it Saw. Because it's like, you know, it, they don't want it to be, they, they've said they want this to stand apart as its own thing. But that, right. in, that in itself has let them down because people are saying that the reviews follow this pattern of this film doesn't know what it is because it takes so many things from the Saw franchise because it has to, but this, because it's got Saw in the title. But at the same time, it's just not like any of the other Saw films. Mm. It's not I necessarily mean, in a good way. It's sometimes in Hollywood, 
and this happens surprisingly a lot, you'll get something, a script for a movie that ha- probably had nothing to do with Saw. It was just yeah. a horror movie. And they've just decided. And then they've decided to slap the Saw oh, name yeah. on it for association, right. for yeah, marketing. Yeah. And then maybe rewrote the script a bit. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe this generally was a, an experimental yeah. attempt, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is what they've sort of done. This so, guy came out with a horror movie idea, yeah. you know, Saw-esque, and they were like... Yeah, we have to slap Saw on that for <laughs> yeah. the right, so, so this So these are a couple of the, the negatives about the film. So people have said that based on the title, it feels like they did exactly what you just said, Chris. They, they went, I've got... A, a horror film in mind i'm going to call it spiral and then they were like hang on a second this look feels a little bit too copyright like saw and they're like oh we'll just slap on the end from the book of saw and like in really small writing as well like if you look at the way it's written it's spiral in big letters <laughs> and then from the book book of saw like really small um and they said and that's what the plot feels like because they said like uh, not i'm not going to go deep into the saw plot line because it's really complicated but this film is just a cop movie. They said like this new one is um, cat and mouse. Who's the killer? Um, there's no clever like, oh, you know, other than the, the occasional, oh, is it this person? Is it this person? There's no clever backstory to it. It doesn't follow on from the John Kramer, um, um, John Kramer, the, the uh, serial killer. It doesn't sort of follow any of that. It just is like, oh, this is a cop movie. And they said like a lot of the scenes are just, following cops around the office, following cops around the crime scenes, like cops doing the file, like going through the files, looking at evidence, things like that. And they were like, this just feels like a detective movie. Um, but with re- the occasional really gory like trap, like, because they said it does have the sword traps in it. Um, the new ones, but, and they said they're good, but, it doesn't there's not enough of it to be a saw movie like yeah, yeah. do you know what i mean it's just like they've gone oh let's just take away from what saw what the general consensus is of gory traps and we'll make a film called spiral um so that that's the biggest problem people have with it um a lot of people also said that and and this obviously is controversial in itself but a lot of people have said that there's an underlying mess like racism message to this film which i don't get me wrong i understand that you know, they can do whatever they want with the film and portray whatever yeah. message they want. But it feels just wrong for that sort of film, if you know what I mean. Like, I know it sounds stupid, yeah. but like I people mean, have said... Slasher mystery, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, but like people have said so... The way, I mean, the I suppose you could have a racist mastermind. Like... Yeah, but it's not like that. This is what I'm saying. It's just, I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen it. But they're saying that the underlying message is like almost too in your face. Like it's not underlying. They said like the plot feels like oh, there's this, there's this really deranged copycat killer who's using saw traps in new ways, blah, 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 blah. And they mm. were like, but at the same time, they're slapping racism right in your face. Like, they're like, oh, we've got two, two big black actors as the lead characters. We've got Samuel Jackson and Chris Rock. Yeah. Um, and we're just going to remind you that there's corruption in the police force and racism in the police force and things like that. And they Yeah, said, like, I mean, I'd, I'd get it if they'd gone for the angle of the killer, the killer is racially yeah. motivated. Yeah, sure. Um... Which, which maybe, may, I mean, I haven't, obviously it's not out here yet. So, oh, so I mean, that could potentially be it could be the case, but, so but nobody's be, mentioned yeah. by review that that, because I think if that was the case, people who had seen it wouldn't review it and say that there was, you know, it wasn't unnecessary, if you know what I mean, um, mm. for them to do that. But yeah, it just... It, it, do you think it felt hollow because it's like trying to weigh in on an important discussion without adding anything substantial? Oh, Yeah. Probably. Yeah, good point. Yeah, It's I kind of like half ass. It's trying to score brownie points without actually yeah. do, do shedding racism, any... Kids. <laughs> without yeah. actually shedding any meaningful... Yeah. 
substance to discussion. Whereas yeah. I felt like something you're going to talk about later, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. added good substance to the discussion. It the reason yeah. for their racial plotline made sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was important. Exactly. It was important to the story. Yeah, and I feel like maybe this isn't so much. But anyway, so Spiral it comes out tomorrow. Here I will be seeing it just because. I have to, and I need to see Chris Rock be serious. Because um, when he shouts, I just am going to picture the zebra. Like when he shouts, I'm going to have to. So I will see it, and I will let you know what I think of it. But especially as like a sore fan, but I, I yeah, I, I'm not overall that excited because I re- originally was when I saw the trailer, and now seeing there's a lot of repetitive negativity about it makes me think that this film didn't really do what it should have done. Um, mm-hmm. If if that's the case just stop making Saw films or just call it Saw next time and just do it the same as the other ones because everybody who likes those films loves them. So just do it. Um, But anyway, moving on to my final piece of news. And again, movie related. Um, This actually came out of nowhere today. Like literally today, I was like, oh. And Chris, you're probably going to scold me for it because I have no prior knowledge about this, this subject of conversation. So a trailer came out for a new G.I. Joe spinoff called okay. snake eyes right and it's about snake, snake eyes. eyes wasn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's about it's called snake eyes gi joe origins that is the name of the film okay cool right i like snake so, eyes yeah so the role is played by the guy uh, henry goulding who's played um snake eyes before in mm. gi joe and yeah. and also great physicality um, perfect yeah, for the role. And, and also he is um in the gentleman and he's also in uh, oh my Jayden. god yeah he is yeah he's oh yeah, wow. he's dry eye he's dry eye i the... never realized but, yeah, yeah. Wait, who is it dry, dry eye in the gentleman. no what's his what's his actual name oh henry golden henry golden i want to see him because oh my yeah. god i never realized that Wow. He's in a, yeah, he's in quite a lot. But anyway, he's great so, in The Gentleman. He's fantastic in The Gentleman. But anyway, so yeah, basically. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> right. So, have you seen The Gentleman as well, Bradley? Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. It's such a good film. It's such it's a good really film. Good. We need to talk about that sometime. Have you seen Crazy Rich Asians? No. I <laughs> have not. But I've seen the out of he's context Keanu Reeves yeah, I know he clips. Is. He's really good in that. Um, is that anyway. the one with Keanu Reeves? Is he in no, it? Crazy Rich Asians? So. No. Is he not in that, no? <laughs> no I swear he's in that, Asian. in like a set. Is that Crazy Rich Asians? <laughs> no, um, no. I might be um, thinking of a different movie then. Anyway, anyway we're getting sidetracked here. So, G.I. Joe spin-off, Snake Eyes, right? Now, I am the reason I said you might have scolded me, Chris, is because I've never seen anything about G.I. Joe ever in my mm. past, ever. I don't know anything about the character. I don't know about okay. the franchise. I don't know anything about I mean, it. It's it's the original like Action Man franchise, really. It's yeah. it was it was huge in the eighties. It was like you know testosterone. You know when Rock the Rock yeah. was the Rock yeah, when yeah. Arnie Arnie was doing like Commando. I said yeah, the Rock yeah. because the Rock is basically Within, the new Arnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, was doing <laughs> Commando and you know there's all these big testosterone and muscles and these crazy. You know, it was the same time that Transformers was huge. They mm-hmm. were the big two sort of tran- the toy lines of the time. Yeah. Um, and like you say, we've got we've had two GI Joe movies. Yeah, I've seen the first one. I don't think I've ever seen the second one. Right. So I'm coming into this with no knowledge of it, right? Which is right. why I thought it was interesting to talk about because I just saw the trailer by chance. It, it popped up on my timeline, and I was like, "Oh, what's this?" Um, and 
I was instantly hooked because it's ninjas fighting with swords. That's literally the oh, note I yeah, wrote. Yeah. Ninjas, I put, I literally put, looks awesome. There's ninjas fighting with swords. I mean, That's badass. It, if you um, watch the first one, from my memory, Snake yeah. Eyes and the guy in the white suit who are enemies, yeah. they, they are the best part of that movie, hands so, down. Yeah, so this is why I thought this looked really cool because I don't know anything about it. But this kind of it sets me up perfectly because this is an origin story. So it's going to be before the, mm. the G.I. Joe. So I, I kind of was like, oh, well, actually, this is like the perfect time for me to jump on the, the bandwagon. Um, and I watched the trailer. And all I'm going to say to you both is watch the trailer because there is some amazing choreographed fight scenes in this like like it looks insane what, what and there is, is the um is it pg-13 or have they got like, the it sounds like can i watch it yeah it's not scary no, Chris. no it's i'm fine. curious <laughs> about if it's gonna no, be gory I, or i don't know i didn't actually see what rating it was but um but well, all you saying, sort of should be able to sort of guess yeah. Um, was it a red band trailer or not? No, I don't. No, don't think so. Uh, no, there were, I don't remember it being particularly. I don't remember seeing much like blood and gore like during. Yeah, it's probably PG thirteen. But all I'm saying, watch the trailer. It had a pumped soundtrack on it, which just I don't know why the trailer of music just it just got me. It just I was like, oh, this is this is gas. This is. And then, <laughs> There was ninjas doing flips. There was motorcycle fighting. There was All like, it, yeah. there was old school like yeah like there was like old school Japan and things like that. And I was like, oh, this just looks so cool. And there was like mm. badass music. I mean, I'm pretty sure you get his origin. Like my... You get his origin briefly in that first movie. Oh really? As well, yeah. Uh, like very brief. All right. Uh, but yeah, so if especially if you like GI Joe, check it out and tell me what you think. But. Either way, watch the trailer because I, mm. I'm like, look, this is literally what I did. I went, I watched it and I went, I'm going to talk about that tonight. And do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to watch it when it comes out. Yeah. I don't care I, if I have no background <laughs> at all. I mean, I, I'm not, I play, I've played a lot of G.I. Joe video games, um, right. which is where I've know. got more of I didn't even know there was. Yeah, yeah know there's all sorts of I knew, different. I knew there was one. That was it. The main one I played was the Toy Soldiers one. Um, which is, I just love Toy Soldiers anyway as a franchise. Um, the first Toy Soldiers, if you remember, was World War One. Yes. So I didn't even know well, they, they did more than the two. Joe. Yeah, I yeah, didn't they, know that. They did. Uh, I think it's for Toy Soldiers Two, which is Cold War. They did a GI Joe DLC pack, which expansion right. pack, which has like had the story mode, had these GI Joe like Cobra Commander and the actual Joes, um, like, and you could play as them, and you could randomize who you're fighting, so you could fight, you know, 1950s America as the cobra commander forces and stuff uh, <laughs> toy soldiers 2 was great like it's such an underrated little game that no one played except for me um i played it tiny bit i mean soldier toy soldiers 1 was better but yeah i played toy i played soldiers 1. i think I, I can't remember which one i played i remember playing a tiny bit of two because i remember the commando and him screaming whatever he was called <laughs> he's like yeah, so you'd, ott you'd click you give him orders and he'd just be literally just just his lungs like he's rambo but he <laughs> yeah literally every five minutes it's like all i remember is that it's like aggressively clicking on total war games and your general's like moving going moving now going <laughs> on my way like just every five seconds you're like I get it you can stop talking <laughs> i get it stop talking um but yeah so anyway go check it out both of you after this because it is is looks yeah. so good and I, i'm I, definitely gonna be watching it I, I think with gi joe i think there's a lot of potential in that franchise for great games for great movies they haven't landed it so far with the movies but hopefully this will be like a turning point 
type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but yeah, so that is my three news pieces done, all movie related. And nice. if you're okay for me too, then I will go straight into my small review, go which is it. also TV related. I've done nothing. <laughs> Jack's so given up like, on games. No, I feel like nothing. <laughs> do you know what it is? I actually feel I like I've, oh, I'm fully I've in played. It. I've played nothing new recently. I haven't yeah. got any drive to buy anything new. Uh, buy oh. Mass Effect Legendary Edition no, and get no. back with me when your life's been changed. <laughs> no, I'm no, still no. considering it, um, Chris. I'm do you still... know what? So, I, speaking of this... I mean, I haven't actually played it yet, Randy. Oh, Before I move I'm on... I'm very upset. Just really quickly. Um, I, I couldn't buy a hood... Um, Bradley, I couldn't convince myself to do it because I was yeah, like, I haven't cheap, either. but it's cheaper than like your average game. But I couldn't do it just because, although it looks good, there needs one. You need a friend on it, and two, it's not just that. The the it feels uh, it's that seems to be lacking in content, and it's like a lot that's of people. A, that's what I keep already. saying. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't want to pay for it if it's like if they like expand it a lot and bring a lot more stuff out and that, then I'll probably get it. But mm-hmm. um, and also the one thing that seems to be as well being said quite a lot about the game is that although stealth mechanics are really good in the game and they are what the game should thrive on, seeing as that's how it was advertised, they said that the game actually just punishes you for being stealthy and you're actually better off just getting a squad full of blacksmiths and running around with hammers. That's exactly what I saw. And I, was <laughs> and, like, yeah, and I, was like, I said I had my reservations like, about this game. Yeah, but like, but I was like, that's what I, I mean. Oh, one thing it was so supposed to do well, and they're saying that it actually just is a bit of a hindrance, really. They said like, it, oh, it's done so well. A squad but, of four angry half-naked blacksmiths. Yeah, because they can do the objectives faster yeah so they're yeah, just like they power through yeah. and they it's just so smash good. everyone over it. the head every time that someone comes near them whereas yeah. like you're trying to be all sneaky and stuff mm-hmm. um, but anyway so moving on to my review before we get way sidetracked with uh hood um yeah moving on to my review i um i'm gonna follow on from chris's review previously with falcon and the winter soldier because i've now finished it was the last uh, episode earlier um and i just wanted a couple couple of things i wanted to go over really mm. um number one i'm really sorry because i hate say being negative about people but um <laughs> she cannot act to save her life that girl oh, I need to it straight <laughs> i'm assuming it's, it's the same one <laughs> yes yes the same one she's the it's only just the one sore point in the entire yeah. acting of the well, show that's, i was gonna say there is not a single other person in it who, who everyone is else is giving it their all is on top yeah. form and then there's her yeah and she's just not. And and do you know what? I said to Colt, because Colt didn't watch it with me, but she came in like when I was watching one of the episodes. And I said, can you just watch this for a second, just from an outsider's point of view, and just tell me what you Just tell me, who's acting. the worst actor in the room? Yeah. And she went, she went, yeah, it's not great, is it? And I went, it's really not, is it? Like, it's I love really Colt. Not. Yeah, it's yeah. not great, is it? No. And I was like, it's just really poor. Um, so that's the first thing I have to say. It was just... I'm sorry, you were all fantastic, and I wanted to like her as an like her performance, but I just mm. couldn't. I couldn't I mean, bring had, myself. It was a great storyline. The character yeah, had did, great material. I don't even think she had moments. She I was going to say. I thought you were about it. to say you had, she had moments. I didn't even think that. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm baffled by that that performance. Um, but aside from aside from her, um, my my counter counter conversation to Chris's review Ooh. really is that I loved the show, um, but I also didn't. Um, and, and it's really weird because I found, and I'm not sure if you felt like this at all, Chris, but I found that it, for some reason, did not grab my attention in oh, the really? middle, in the middle few episodes. And I mm. was like, 
I, I should have been really into it and really paying attention. And I really reluctantly watched them. I was like, just sitting there, like, like I was sitting there and I was zoned out and I was like, Oh, I could be doing anything. Like I was making lunch and stuff like that. And I was like half listening to what was going on. And I was like, I don't really care that I don't understand what's happening at the moment. And then this is where, why it's strange for me, because then in the last two, three, two episodes, I think it was, I was then just like instantly hooked back in and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, this is really good. And I don't know mm. what it was about the middle part of the program, but I mean, I it just slowed down. And, and I don't know why though, like not, not why well, it slowed I think down. The mid, bizarrely, I've mid, the middle episodes were some of my favorites, I think. Oh, really? I, yeah. I don't know what The whole it was. stuff I with think... John Walker and the Shields. Yeah. And the... So I think, I think without saying too much I, about the actual plot points and stuff, I, I just, maybe it's because I, you love, like you love, Bucky and and you you know you Captain you really America, that, that sort of yeah, sphere that yeah whereas I'm not as keen and maybe that's why but like I wasn't I thought they were all fantastic but I wasn't really invested in the in, them, in the characters like, in their, yeah um, but then it's so bizarre because by the end of it I was like fully committed to loving them like no. I was like, maybe I, it's because you went on a journey they go through some really good arcs in the yeah. show and maybe the middle of their arcs had you bored. But by yeah. the, the arc's the end, yeah, conclusion, conclusion, you were on board. Yeah. Um, so that was my next point. The arcs. That was my next point. Um, I, Sorry. I, I love. Sorry. No, 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 no. This was no. <laughs> you led into it perfectly. I, I loved Falcon and his his story arc. Yeah. I loved Bucky and his arc. I thought it was great. I still don't like John Walker, and I, I don't, oh, I don't know I do. why. I really, I really don't like him. Um, I, and I did. He he actually just really irritated me the whole way through it. And oh, I was I like, like I don't, I don't know why. I just, really just <laughs> I know he's at one point like but he's kind of. Do you not think the actor? Do you not? Do you not think the actor did yeah. such a good job of making yeah, you hate yeah. this character? That and that that's what I was going to give credit where it's due. Yeah, because maybe that's why I didn't Russell. like him. But um, but yeah, he uh, his his story arc and that he just annoyed me. But um, do you not but, you're not really interested to see where his character goes from here? Yes. Though. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was. That my main my main pro to this program, like, uh, and the one thing I really wanted to just go over that Chris mentioned before, some I know there was some some questionable moments with the the balancing of the fight scenes and stuff. Mm. However, some of the fight choreography was amazing. Yeah, like, I, yeah, like, a lot of it was really good. Right. So, do you remember? Again, it's, this is no context, but do you remember the fight scene in um, the warehouse where Bucky and one of the soldiers fight with knives, and he does? Oh, that. yeah a thing where he puts the knife around the back of his neck and then flips him and then throws the knife into the ground next to him and i was yeah because the guy's showing off and then he just like completely like and i was like but that whole that whole set piece was just beautiful like like, that whole fight scene was just really yeah and then and then before he's fighting that one super soldier and he just like kicks him through a wall yeah it's like you just you stay there because i i like because you know, these are like folks who have got the super soldier serum. Whereas yeah. Bucky's like a World War Two veteran who's been yeah. a super assassin for like eighty years. Like, yeah, so this guy should, should yeah. be able to demolish these people. So when he and does, you're like, yeah, yeah, it feels badass. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, that was my my main pro to that that whole program. I think the the generally the fight scenes were all done really well. Yeah, um, there was only a couple of did, iffy did bits, you? But... I, I I really liked 
fact, um, I won't spoil it for Bradley, but the we'll just say the wings upgrade as well. Yes, yes, that was awesome. I, yeah, that was really cool. And and considering I don't really like Falcon, like not not don't like him, I've just never really. I think him as an actor, he's amazing, and I love everything he's yeah. in. Really, and Flamaki's good. But I've never really been into his character much. Like he's kind of always been. I think it was weird for me as well because he's to me he's always been a background character, and then to have him like leave the show. <laughs> Forefront, um, yeah. Yeah, but he was really good, and I yeah I really liked the upgrade too. I thought oh, it was cool. wicked. Um, and yeah, there was obviously without spoilers, there was a lot of plot points in the last two episodes that I was really really happy with and really impressed oh, with. Oh, good! I'm um, glad you liked it. And my final point happy. was was what you said earlier about um, the racial um, message. Mm. I thought that was really beautiful and captivating. Like I yeah, really really well handled, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, I didn't expect that from an Avengers film or something like that. Like, I never would have, like, you know, put it in that sort of universe where I would never thought they would have tackled something like that. Mm. Um, so, and and it's such a serious thing. And, you know, with, again, I won't say anything, but you know the end scene? Um, oh, yeah, that was, was heartbreaking. Emotional, wasn't it? Mm. Like, I was like, because oh, there like, is, actually right in the you know, like, and we're going to discuss what happens, but yeah. some of that sort of cover-up stuff about what certain soldiers mm-hmm. of colour did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that is, that is, that, that is real. real in, in yeah, a lot yeah. of circumstances. And, so, and, and it was just so beautifully done, that last. And I was like, yeah. you really felt the connection. It was, and I was so like, emotional, that, yeah. It was, and I and I was to to the fact that I was like, wow, that really like hut, like cut deep, like and kind of made you like have some perspective on on real life as well as you know the Marvel universe. Um, mm. it, when a when a program or a film can get that message across so, so but without hitting you over the head with it as well, yeah, without, without getting the shield and bashing you over. The head <laughs> and, um, um, and and it's such that, a fine balance, and, yeah. and they did it really well. Yeah, and and my final my final thing to say about it um, was that there was some good humour in there, but without again without whacking you over the head with comedy, um, I liked that. And the other one was something you didn't really mention when you talked about the fighting before. And I, I noticed it time and time again. and was like, I like this. There was actually blood that, and I know. Oh yeah. Like that, that was surprising. Yeah. Like for, think about it. Like um, Bradley for Marvel and like everything you've ever known about Marvel. Yeah. You, you rarely see other than like maybe Captain America with a cut on his face or whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's quite a lot of blood in, blood. there's quite a lot of blood in civil war. Um, yeah, like that Iron Man fight scene. Yeah, but even so, in comparison to that, this series like really makes it look more believable and realistic because oh, like yeah. there's there's some bits where like like w- there's one bit in particular which again I won't give any context, but the shield um, and the blood on the shield, Chris. I was like, oh, that's oh, brutal. That in like, itself that is... was heartbreaking as well. Yeah, when he was uh, trying was to brutal, like wipe it? it off as well. Yeah, and I was like blood like just actual like human blood like seeing it when they're like when they're punching each other as super soldiers and throwing each other through walls i'm like come on someone's got a split skin here like there's got to be some blood in a minute <laughs> someone's um, coughing up something and, and even like skin. and even bits with guns in it gunshots actually the people were bleeding and i was mm. like they're bleeding because they've been shot it's realistic like i just <laughs> i was really impressed with that just because you don't see it in marvel and i i, I had to keep noticing it so it must have stood out um but yeah mm. Overall, it's really good. I would suggest most people watch it, especially if you like Marvel and them characters. Yeah. But but for me personally, I don't know why. I just found some of the episodes to so, watch. So you'd say sort of stick with it. Stick with it. It's definitely worth it for the ending, 100%. Last two episodes were fantastic. Last Ooh. one especially. 
but yeah so that's me all done and uh, you know if Bradley watches it we'll do a um, I mean you know we're still waiting for him to watch The Mandalorian so Bradley's uh, and Star Wars <laughs> The Clone Wars so Bradley's Disney I'm Plus, Disney Plus yeah. <laughs> watch time is just it's just building and building and building <laughs> oh. <laughs> one day maybe one day we'll do a whole episode Bradley got Disney Plus and watched everything <laughs> it's all done. <laughs> I complete Disney Plus. A showcase episode. Just Bradley. Just treat it like a video game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But uh, yeah, if you're done, Jack, I'll move into my review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay. Um. So I am doing something I teased a couple of weeks back. Um. So I don't know if you guys remember, but I did a quiz uh, a couple of weeks back on um El- the Elder Scrolls universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, you know, I'm doing this because I, I'm going to talk about Elder Scrolls Online. Yep. So now I will actually do it. I will actually talk about Elder Scrolls Online. Um, despite the fact I probably should have done it a while ago, but hey ho, <laughs> here we are. Um, and what I'm sort of going to do in this review is I'm just talking about Elder Scrolls Online base game in um sort of uh, you know 2021 the 2021 perspective on things yeah um and i i really like it um i think the game is in the best place it's ever been in i've sort of said that before i, I sorry i love the way you said that chris you went so i'm just going to talk about it um yeah as a the base game whatever and you stopped for a split second and went and i really like it like you just like literally like matter of fact there's nothing else to say you could have finished it and i really like it so So, uh, that's it for my review (laughs) but but yeah i'm tempted to do one of those one day just a quick it's pretty good (laughs) (laughs) moving on (laughs) um but yeah there's there's so much improvements that have have come to the game um like it is Honestly, I could probably spend like, I'll try to summarize it to the best of my ability, but you know, um, the, from the quality of life update, upgrade, um, updates to the new features to all this various different content that is now in the game that wasn't there before, it's honestly uh, quite astonishing. Um, and you know, like I say, I could spend hours going through it all, but I'll, I'll just list off some of the highlights for me. So, um, sort of the, uh, the, the biggest thing for me is there's like zone guides now. So, uh, when you go on there in, when you're in a zone, when, which is like a world space, it's like a playable area. Um, cause that's the way the map works. It's broken up into different zones, which are different, like culturally relevant areas. So like you'll have like Valen wood, which is where the wood elves are from. And then there'll be different zones, which are all have their own history and their own, uh, you kind of look at it like different provinces in Skyrim where you've got, you know, you've got um, East March, um, where um, I think East March is Windhelm and sort of where the Stormcloaks are. And then you've got Harlemarch, Hedgemarch, I think. I can't say it very well, (laughs) but that's where Solitude is, I'm pretty sure. Um, And then obviously they're very imperialized and you have the whole Wolf Queen, Patima storyline and all the various different stuff that happens in Solitude um, in Skyrim. And, you know, the thing in Elder Scrolls is each province does a really good job in the games of reflecting the slightly different variations on culture. And that's no sort of different in um, Elder Scrolls Online. And the way it sort of works with these zone guides is it tells you literally every piece of information you need to know 
there's <clears throat> main quests, side quests, dungeons, delves, public dungeons, um, the, the, the four-player co-op dungeons, um, world bosses, uh, sky shards, law books. It's all broken down into these different subcategories and you can choose, you can go continue story, continue hunt for this, continue this. So you can pick and choose from that UI how you sort of go about what you do in this area. Mm-hmm. So one, it can serve as a really great way to push your progression through uh, for people who like to go through stuff bit by bit and go through it like, you know, in, in sort of a relative order. Or if there's stuff you're missing or you want to fully complete an area, it helps you do that. Or if you're doing something just specific. And that's what I really like about Elder Scrolls Online is this sort of idea of dip in and dip out content. Yeah, I have this huge zone and I can either complete everything or I can just do the main story and, and, and go through the main story. Or it's this real sense of, because it used to be very World of Warcraft, very segregated, very like, I have to be this level, I have to be this, I have to be that, 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 that. Yeah. Whereas now, since I think it was the one Tamriel update, it's just, it's literally like, just like Skyrim. Pick a direction, pick a choice, go explore. Um, and if you're bored of a certain area, if you're not enjoying it, go somewhere else, experience <laughs> a different story. Like mm-hmm. just the world is your oyster and it really feels like that. And, you know, I might be really enjoying a zone and doing all these quests and stuff. And then I think, well, actually now I feel like going to do some PVE. Now I feel like going to do some raids. Now I feel like going to do some dungeons. Now I feel like going to do some daily quests. Like, you have so much choice in what content you get into that if you're bored of a certain element, you go and can experience a different element of content and it's all just there and it's available. And I enjoy how easy it is to get into the various different content. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it, I think it's got like the biggest player base it's ever had. There is players everywhere, which I really enjoy. Um, because the way they've rebalanced it is it's rebalanced around single player play, unless you're in a group area or a group dungeon, which is obviously, you know, leveled for groups. Um, but every else, every other piece of content is leveled for someone playing by themselves. So it feels like that single player Elder Scrolls experience. And then because of that, it feels more rewarding when you jump, when you run into a player and like I've had it where like you randomly like will zerg like a world boss together and then you'll just be like thanks mate thanks and then you go on your separate ways back to like the <laughs> question and it creates this really wonderful feeling where you feel like a hero you feel like this traditional Elder Scrolls character going on in your world um, and you can tackle most of the things in the world but yet it's rewarding when you encounter a player because they'll help you do something and Honestly, the player base is so nice. Like the other day I was doing dailies and I literally just put on the internal chat, can anyone help with this world boss? And I had eight players turn up just randomly. And we absolutely like obliterated this world boss. And it just like stuff like that. It, everyone just seems really chill. And I think that's a lot of players coming from Elder Scrolls. There seems to be a lot of really like love just for like the game and the like world behind the game you know, the, the internal sort of world building. Yeah. 
Uh, and yeah, like I say, it's just, it's really fun. Um, the base game now actually consists of the first expansion as well. So that, that exists for free within uh, Morrowind. So that exists within the game as well. Uh, so that is considered the base game. And there is um, a jump. So I said this before, if you're playing Elder Scrolls Online, like I did, I skipped all the dialogue for like, uh, I don't know, maybe about a third of the game when I originally played it. And now I'm sort of kicking myself in the, in, in the teeth a little bit. Um, like literally just, you know, trying to swing my leg up to kick myself in the face. Um, <laughs> because I'm kind of annoyed because I've really been enjoying, even in the base game, like don't get me wrong, the writing and the storylines really, really get going once you get to the DLCs. Like there is great stuff in the base game, uh, especially with the main storylines. But a lot of the side quests can be a bit uninventive in the base mm-hmm. game. Whereas when you play the DLC, DLC zones, which include Morrowind, which is in the base game now, uh, you know, it gets so, you know, because they're focusing on one DLC zone as opposed to they had to, for the base game, make, you know, 15 zones or whatever. So, of course, they have more time to have more wacky and crazy side quests in, um, you know, the, the, the expansions. But... Yeah, it, even some of them, even some of the side quests in the base game absolutely just blow me away. They're really fun. They have like reoccurring characters all the time. And there's loads of reoccurring characters in now I'm on the DLCs that pop up uh, that, that I remember from the Old Mary Dominion areas and from the Ebon Heart Pact areas. And there's a load of returning characters from um, the Daggerfall Covenant areas. But because I skipped all the dialogue, they're like, oh, hey, you, what are you doing around here? And I'm like, oh, my God, who are you? Because <laughs> like, I skipped all the dialogue and I don't remember anything. <laughs> and it really frustrates me because I'm like, there's, because I'm a story guy. I love, I'm like, why did I skip everything? Like, because I think in my head, I was trying to play it like an MMO where it's all progression. It's building your character. It's, it's level up, level up, level up, yeah. go, go, go. And you don't really want to play it like that. You want to play it like Skyrim. You want to take your time. You want to breathe in this world, take in the different locations take in what's going on around you like and Mm -hmm. the way they've rebalanced the game all around that idea of well just relax take your time this isn't your traditional mmo anymore it's more trying to be a multiplayer skyrim which it it should have been kind of from the get-go yeah that was always what they kind of advertised as as well yeah and i'm so happy that they've doubled down on that sort of aspect of it um so yeah, like I say, if if you are going to go back to it, or if you're thinking about it, just just like listen, even if you skip the side quest stuff, but there are, I think it's difficult because there are some great side content as well. Maybe like gauge it. If there's some guy asking you to get some eggs, then yeah, you're probably safe <laughs> to skip. If there's some guy asking you to broker peace between a wood orc clan and a, a, a which is a great side quest and a wood elf clan, which I absolutely loved, and then there's these meaningful decisions where you know, and if you've been skipping all the dialogue, you're like, oh god, what like, what what's your motivation? What's your motivation? Are you a good person? Are you a bad person? I don't know. <laughs> and that was also part of the problem I remember from the when you get to decisions and because I didn't know any of the backstories I didn't know any of the characters I didn't know the context of the situation you'd have to make these decisions that were basically like awful guessing games you know because mm-hmm. you didn't pay attention do I give um, them the eggs do I keep the eggs for myself <laughs> oh god you didn't tell me what you wanted me to do with the eggs do <laughs> I cook them do I fry them omelette 
Does he want fried or does he want scrambled? Um, but yeah, so don't get me wrong, there are fetch quests, like like in any RPG or any MMO. But I, I was generally surprised how good a lot of the side content is, even in the base game. And like I say, it only gets better in the expansions. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this, the actual like quality of life systems are amazing. So I talked about it earlier. If I discover there's something like 280 style sets, so style sets are different armor types. Right. Um, and the way it works is you find a style page and that will teach you a part of that outfit. So I find the heavy Nordic chest pieces and then I learn how to make all the chest pieces, for example. Um, or I find the Dark Brotherhood. Uh, and, and it's amazing. I love it the way they've done it because every armor set has a light, a medium and a heavy vir- um, uh, variant. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can have a heavy set of Dark Brotherhood assassin um, armor or a heavy set of Thieves Guild armor. It doesn't make any sense because you're <laughs> meant to be stealthy, but it looks amazing. Like you have these intricate Thieves robes with this, you know, plate mail underneath and these big bulky shoulder pieces and this like metal face mask. Like, cool. honestly, the, the way the armor system works in, in Elder Scrolls Online, I pray you get something similar in the next mainline Elder Scrolls game, just because I love the, the the way the armor works. And I believe a system like that getting fleshed out by Bethesda in the next Elder Scrolls, like properly in a single player game would be amazing. Like I've joined this and I've learned how to make armor in their style. And then I can make the armor, I can make robes of the armor. I can make, you know, light armor, I can make medium armor, I can make heavy armor. And you know, the, the NPCs, the factions wear that armor um and the sort of the way the transmog system works is i unlock it on one of my characters it's unlocked on all my characters Mm -hmm. and then all i have to do is go to an outfit station and hit apply and then pay a small amount of gold which is the in-game currency you earn for playing the game um and then you know it transforms into that to look like that which is awesome because what i tend to do is i change my outfit based on what quest line i'm doing so like I'm like oh I've joined the Dark Brotherhood time to like go equip and make myself look like an evil like assassin from my armor sets and I and you've dies as well which is amazing I hope they do dies in the next Elder Scrolls title again because it's so fun to mix and match armor pieces and die it you have such a wealth of freedom in customization that I just love and again I think would be amazing in a mainline Elder Scrolls title. Um, and like I say, it's just awesome to unlock all these armors, start a new character, and then look like a badass from the get-go. <laughs> um, and then um, there's also a system where in the game, late game items have uh, traits, right? So when you're sort of making a character, you think about what item sets you want, like any MMO or RPG. Like if I'm wearing five items in this set, I get these accumulative bonuses, Uh, For Jack, it's very similar to how some of the item sets work in like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. Um, And the way they've implemented this system is that you can get transmute crystals that you get from various different activities in the game. They're actually quite easy to get. I mean, there's still a grind behind them, but they're not, you know, bungee level of grind like Destiny 2, like we were talking about earlier. 
Um, and literally all you do is say you make a piece of armor, you've made it like gold. It's amazing. It's the best quality it can be. Uh, there's this new system that's about, came out quite a while ago now, but uh, there's a system where basically any gear item set you've picked up, you will basically learn that trait. Right. So, so, you know, so you pick up a piece of, of legs, yeah, Bradley and Jack. And mm-hmm. piece it's, of legs, <laughs> like a piece of well, legs, well, boys. Uh, you know, uh, a piece it's of leg on a armor. Menu, boys. <laughs> <laughs> a piece of leg armor, um, and it's part of. So, say you've you've done an area and you've picked up this awesome armor set, and it's got these awesome bonuses, but you've now out leveled that armor set, and mm-hmm. it's not very useful to you. But the game will remember the um, the the set bonuses. So you can sell, destroy, or get rid of that armor and then go to a transmog station and then swap out the bonuses of your current armor for that set you just found, that you've just sold or destroyed. Right. So it's like everything you do, everything you pick up is remembered by the game engine. And then if you like that, if you want to use that... You, it's literally there. It's literally this huge section called collections, and it has all the armor pages you've discovered, all the different item set bonuses you've discovered, and then from there, the world is your oyster. Mix and mix and match. Choose whatever you want. It's this huge breadth of choice and customization. And honestly, I just uh, the the game has just blown me away a lot because I'm just having a really great time with it. I've just really enjoyed the story. I've the UI and the customization and it all just feels so pl- player friendly. It's all focused around customization. It's all focused around making your time feel warranted because mm-hmm. it feels like I'm accomplishing things. I'm collecting things and I'm not just selling it and I never see it again because it goes in my collection and it's there if I want it and I can work to, 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 to use it um, as instead of having to go back to that area and farm and look for that set and hope that that set drops at the right level and hope that I can find it all because I've already found it once. I don't have to do that again. I can just transmog the stats, which is amazing and so good. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's no extra cost to me. Um, and like I say, I just, uh, I absolutely love the game. Uh, I mean, the only thing I'd say is it's so massive now. It's such an investment of time. Mm-hmm. which is the only negative I can maybe see. But I mean, that could be a positive because you could buy this game and play it for, you know, absolutely months. I mean, I've done all the base game content now and I've done, um, I've done Orsinium, the first DLC. I've done the Thieves Guild, the second DLC. I've done, and I'm currently on the Dark Brotherhood, the fourth DLC. Wow. Um, <clears throat> but... I still have Morrowind, which is obviously now part of the base game expansion. Somerset expansion. Um, Somerset. Somerset, Somerset. <laughs> Somerset Isles um, <laughs> expansion. Um, uh, elsewhere expansion. Western Skyrim expansion. <laughs> and obviously the one that's coming out in a couple of uh, weeks' time is Blackwoods which is the sort of one I talked about in the news, you know, a couple of months ago, which is kind of like the Oblivion inspired expansion. Oh, and it's just, it is daunting because I'm like, Oh, like do I have the time? How do I get it? Like, 
but again it's the double-edged sword of there's so much content there for your for you for your money um mm-hmm. but at the same time i'm like i wanted to be caught up and i've only just got up to the point of the first expansion yeah and i'm like oh no <laughs> <laughs> um because the way i play things is very uh you know i try to clear a zone and then move on i quite like to absorb everything and then and then go into it and um <clears throat> you know it's also i've been having a lot of pain trying to do the I'm enjoying the Dark Brotherhood because um, you get like a little hidden blade basically and you can assassinate people like it's Assassin's Creed. Cool. Which is really fun. Um, and I'm actually absolutely love that. But I really struggled with the Thieves Guild because my guy is like this heavy plated crazy warrior and I just could not do any of the Thieves <laughs> stuff because I was just getting detected every five minutes and they were like, oh, just equip like light armor and stuff. I'm like, no, it's not why I built my character. So I was playing the Thieves Guild like it was some Warriors Guild, just beating everyone up, like getting like, a ridiculous <laughs> bounty every five minutes. Um, and my one complaint I will say about the game, which really pees me off, is you can't kill the guards still. Why does that pee you off? Because like they're attacking because he me. He wants to kill the guards. They're there like, to protect. They are, but you can't kill them. And I'm like, why? Because, you know, no one can kill the law. But they... But they... <laughs> <laughs> but they kill you like in like like in like five or six hits and it's the one thing about the game that still really annoys me because i'm like if i broke the law i should just be able to kill you and run away like, it's, it's annoying. <laughs> that does not apply to real life the podcast does not endorse this method of... <laughs> i was just about to kill you and run away <laughs> um obviously not yeah like not in real life just in Skyrim or just in, just any in, in a role-playing game. Yeah. Like, cause that's part and parcel of, of having a crime system of like joining like an assassin's guild. Mm-hmm. And it just seems weird to join an assassin's guild and not be able to assassinate guards. Yeah. No, I get where you're coming from. Um, and it's more annoying in the thieves guild where you're on these complexes and then you have to hide from the guards and then they're invincible if they detect you and they beat you up and you're like, oh. no, um, but yeah, that, like I say, I have very few gripes with it. Uh, I just, it blows me away. And I know there's so much content and different um, aspects of the game added by the expansions that I own mm-hmm. that I haven't even like like delved into. Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, because I, I pick stuff up all the time that's like, oh, you need this quest line or you need this from this or this from this because all of the expansions feed into the base game. Um, and all the times it's like, oh, you have to do this quest in this place first, or this here first, or this here first. And every time it's just like, oh, more stuff to do. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds but both that, good and bad the way you said yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but, but that's just because, like, it can be, again, like I say, quite daunting because of how many years it's been out, how much content is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long time to consume. Like, you could probably easily spend like another eight months trying to work through all of that wow. stuff. Like, easy um which is i think why i've taken a bit of a break i still play every now and then log in for the daily rewards and stuff um and i'm like slowly making my way through it but obviously other games have started to come out like i'm back on the total war hype train um so i will try to play it in the background and keep progressing slowly i'll probably jump back into it with the next expansion because they've got companions as well which i'm pretty excited for but yeah, that's just sort mm-hmm. of the the twenty twenty one overview of Elder Scrolls Online. Um, it's a, it's a, it is in a great place. It's a great game. 
Um, and, you know, if you were always interested in it or wanted to give it a go, I'm pretty sure it's actually free to play now as well, the base game. So um, I Is would, it? yeah, I think so. I would um, obviously double check that. Don't just pay for it thinking it's free to pay. Um, <laughs> Don't pay for it thinking free to it's play. free to play. He's like, free to play? Well, that's weird. It says it's going to cost me 20 quid, but whatever. Chris, Chris I, free to play. I paid 20 quid and it didn't give it back. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure it is now. Um, but obviously double check that if, if you're interested. But yeah, give it a go. And the whole thing is the expansions um, get better than even the base game because they have more development time and more focus on a smaller area. But the base game is still amazing. And if you're mm-hmm. playing it for free, why not jump in, see if you like it. And then if you like the base game, maybe consider some of the expansions. Um, and, you know, from there, sort of make up your own mind. And have you been you know, hired? You're I haven't, it. I haven't, but... Um, you know, jump in, free to play. <laughs> but, and if you like it, maybe you also, buy a few expansions. <laughs> if you want to be really good, become a werewolf. <laughs> I, lo- I, I'm so, I just love being a werewolf in that There's game. There's so it's much so better so than good. the vampires. It's, uh, well, no, when were, I played... They were until one of the expansions, because oh, one of the enough. expansions introduced vampire lords from Skyrim. Right. You know, do you remember them? There was, there was, yeah, there was no reason to be a vampire when there was like in the debate of the two because you were just weaker fifty percent well, of the time. There's, <laughs> there's super classes now because there's like the necromancer class as well, which is from the Elsewhere expansion. So right. people have made these builds where they're like vampire lord necromancer classes. Uh, okay, see that makes and more sense. They're just like insane. Um, whereas my build, I'm a dragon knight, which is the tank class, and I'm a werewolf. A dragon so you, werewolf. So you combine those things and you basically end up with a tanky werewolf that's nigh unkillable. And I love <laughs> it. I can't do much damage to anyone. I'm like a wet noodle, but like I will just like su- survive forever. But like a noodle before it's been hydrated. <laughs> well, well, there was a really funny, I was playing some PvP actually the other day and I was trying to do the PvE content in the pvp zone so like right. i was running into enemy players and i was like putting in the chat i was like please leave me alone i'm just trying to do the side quests i don't want to fight i just want peace and all this stuff <laughs> and, and then there was this, lots of people were nice and left me alone but one guy kept trying to kill me and he was a nightblade which is like the like really agile fast heavy attack ones and right. he kept blitz in my health bar so i kept like activating all my like tanking abilities regenerating my health like turtling up basically and i must have it you must have gone back and forth for five minutes and i was like oh just like just i was just turtling hoping he'd just run away because i was hoping he'd get annoyed that i just kept like regenerating and kept like adding more shields so like he'd do like half my health and then i'd be back up to full Mm -hmm. because like i absorbed the damage and stuff and i was like oh come on like just leave me alone. And then it got to the point where enough of my ultimate bar propped, I got the werewolf and I was getting so annoyed. I just turned into a <laughs> werewolf and ripped him apart in about five seconds. <laughs> I think he was just so unloaded. So, so the so werewolf shot. can do damage then. Yeah. I mean, it's still not like some of the builds or some of the, the um, stuff out there, but it is awesome because I do, I in werewolf form, I'd say I do like medium amounts of damage compared to no damage but i keep all pretty much all of my tankiness right and the werewolf has this ability that if he's at like half health he does a howl and he heals up to full health wow (laughs) so uh it can be so so i pretty much just bullied this guy 
And then I was like, Well, he tried to bully you first. I was like, That's what you get. That's what you get, I, bully. And then I and then I ran off and carried on doing the side quests. <laughs> it was honestly, I was just I literally I was at the back of this door as well, and I was just shielding up, like turtling up so he couldn't get behind me. And I was just like, Oh, he's gonna leave in a minute, he's gonna get bored. And then it just carried on, carried on, carried on. I was like, that's it. Just just go transform. Just gonna eat you. And then I, I, you know, ate his corpse as well, which is like the ultimate sign of disrespect as a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, that's my uh, Elder Scrolls Online 2021 review. Uh, if any of that sounded interesting at any point, give it a go uh, and you might just fall in love with it like I did. Mm-hmm. Right. So moving on to uh, the final review, my review. Um, and that is a game that I recently started playing. Uh, I had it for quite a while, to be honest. It, it's Dead Cells. Have you have you heard of Dead Cells? Yeah, because uh, of the controversy. I have. There's controversy. All I've, all I've seen. Yeah, is the we talked about it on the podcast actually, like quite near the start of the podcast. Do you remember the journalist from IGN who plagiarized oh, uh, a Dead Cells review? Yeah. And then he came back and he started a YouTube channel and the I first thing he did... I thought you meant controversy around the game, not around... No. like. Well, I mean, I suppose it is still the game, but yeah, the game's review. Oh, I, di- I didn't... I can't... I remember that ex- exactly as well. I was playing <laughs> Half-Life 2 at the time when we started that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird that i remember that anyway um yeah so i recently started playing it um it's a roguelike game um you know ever since kind of hades i would say has, has sparked my love for the genre of just i didn't realize how close to souls like it was in terms of that kind of that grindy feeling of of dying and wanting to get better and and to improve um and ever since then i've kind of been looking at different different roguelikes and and trying them out and dead cells was kind of my latest um try and it's it's a game that i have ended up kind of like it, i wouldn't say it's you know a hades level for me hades had something very special I, I don't think any roguelike will ever take over from hades to be honest um because it blended genres you know so well it didn't just do the roguelike it did like this really well you know um storytelling alongside it and things like that but anyway so one thing i can say about dead cells is is the like i'm not someone who likes pixelated graphics very much I'm I'm kind of an aesthetic person and anytime there's pixelated graphics, I'm always kind of instantly put away from the game. And that was why it took me so long to get round to Dead Cells. But one of the reasons I did end up falling into it was the fact that I found out that the the graphics in Dead Cells are actually 3D rendered graphics but put into um pixelated format. And I was like, that's such a weird way to do it. Like, why would you go backwards <laughs> from rendering everything in 3D and then de-resing it into, into pixelated graphics? I, and I was just so intrigued by it that I had to like, always, like look into it from there. Yeah. And, and, like, and then that instantly made me like the art style because when you actually look at the intricacies of actually creating it, because um, there's videos out there. It's way actually, more complicated than you actually think. Yeah, you're like, wow, this is actually really cool. I'm, I'm actually interested in this now. And, it's, and it is, it's something that is really weird when you look at it, because I instantly looked at it and I was like, this isn't pixelated um, kind of graphics because the way the animations work look too fluid for it to be pixels if that makes sense so you're like yeah. how how does that even you know work so that's when i looked into it but yeah so the art style is really nice um for, for you know for kind of pixelated graphics um there's some really lovely artwork as well it's really colorful um i really i, I don't know what it is about it i just think it's really interesting to look at as a game um 
but yeah so as as roguelikes go it kind of follows that generic trait of of you know you do runs you you get better you die a lot you, you do more runs um but there's some kind of things that um you know stuff like hades didn't do that i really like in dead cells um and one of the things is the fact that it's technically still a metroidvania game where you as you play you unlock more um of the map as you go along so it's not a case of every run whereas in hades there was kind of three different worlds and you would always go through those same three um in this you you can unlock new areas that you've never been to before by exploring so it really encourages you to explore the the different places that you travel to um and this is normally done through runes so you'll unlock a rune and you'll be able to get to new parts of the map um through you know gained abilities maybe that's like creating vines so that you can climb them and then you can end up getting to a completely new biome is what they're called um and i really like this because i think it makes runs feel entirely you well not entirely unique but a lot more unique than some of the other roguelikes that are out there so whereas other roguelikes will literally like i said you'll just be going through the exact same run which is fun um in dead cells you will have the opportunity you know especially once you get all the runes which isn't very hard realistically um especially you know well the last rune you need to beat at once um so probably that's the hardest rune but everything else um isn't very hard i didn't struggle getting any of the runes so it's just kind of a you know if you do struggle with these types of games it doesn't really punish you for taking your time so just play it slow is what i would say and and like when i first started out i was kind of rushing through it because there's like timed doors so the quicker you do it the more rewards you get and i was rushing through it and then i started slowing it down and was like oh wow i'm actually way better at this game (laughs) because i'm taking my time and going through it but it's it adds that kind of um uniqueness to it in the fact that i can choose my route so now that i have all the runes i can literally plan out my route and say how do i want to get to the end um rather than before where it would have been like i pretty much only had one direct route now i've got like five runes so i can take loads of different paths um and biomes are really cool because it's not just a case of like oh slap a different background on because they're all obviously procedurally generated but each biome has its own kind of look and feel but it also has its own kind of enemies so some enemies will be kind of you know in multiple biomes it's not you know completely unique but some biomes will have enemies that are unique to that area so it's kind of a nice you know differentiation where okay maybe i'm bored of this area because i've i've run through it so many times go to a different one and you might get completely different enemies um, or you will get completely different enemies in a lot of the the cases, which I think is just a nice way to keep something that is very repetitive, fresh. Mm. Um, One, one of the things is that at the beginning you, you get um, a weapon or, you know, you then get to choose uh, three weapons and there's normally kind of a ranged weapon, uh, a shield and a melee weapon. You kind of get to pick which ones there's, there's two slots for you to use. Um, And, as you go through, you can obviously find more weapons. And again, that's very different from the other roguelikes I've played where you kind of just either have a static weapon or uh, you go in with a weapon. Um, this is kind of very RNG based, which both adds to the runs and also takes away from it a little bit because I've had runs where you get literally no luck and you're like, great, I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got like this crappy you know, weapon that I really don't want to use. Um, and the only options they give you are really bad weapons that you hate using. And you're like, I'd rather just stick with the low damage. Um, so it, it does kind of take away in that aspect, but it also adds to that feeling when you find an amazing weapon 
and it's got like really cool stats and and you're sitting there and you're like yes the run is on <laughs> and you're like really happy about it um so rng kind of you know it's always going to be what rng does which is uh, you know it giveth and it taketh <laughs> as always um but yeah it's it's just a really kind of fun roguelike that I think if if you are a roguelike fan and you haven't played Dead Cells, I think it's kind of a must in the in the roguelikes. I think it's something that um, I would definitely recommend, especially because the combat is uh, for a two D game. It's very very fun. It's very satisfying. Um, I don't know how to describe it to be honest. Lots of people online say the combat's good, and I can only agree with them. But I don't know why. <laughs> it's just it's just fun. It just is. Yeah, it just is, and the weapon variety in it make it so much fun. Um, because you're constantly finding new weapons that don't really feel like any of the others and they'll all have unique uh, reasons to exist is what I would say. Like if you find a sword, there's only the base sword in the game is is called a rusty sword. Um, And eventually you won't even get that anymore. Like because you've got to a point where you don't start with the rusty sword, you start with a random sword. Um, But that is pretty much the only sword that I can think of in the game that, is just a sword everything else has something to it so there's a sword that once you hit someone 10 times in a row every hit after that will do critical damage there's a sword. there's a dual like dual swords where on the third hit it will do crits um there's like lightning that will chain to other people like there's just so much variety in in the weapons that you really can have these unique experiences um if you just keep trying different weapons and that's one of the things that i love and dislike is there's really really good permanent progression there's so much of it um that every time you finish a biome you can go and um spend and get permanent upgrades and these permanent upgrades are things such as health flasks so you have kind of extra health as you go along but they're also things um called weapon blueprints and it basically unlocks that weapon for you to find in your runs. Oh, cool. Or, yeah. So I'd love it because it, it means that every time you play through, if you're investing in these types of things, these you know weapon blueprints, you also have to find the blueprints. So again, it gives another layer of, well, I've got to go out and find these blueprints. And some of them have like drop rates. So you can go and like try and farm them. So it, it's kind of like, it is a grindy game, but it's, you know, roguelikes are grindy games. So it, it doesn't really stray from what it's meant to be there. Um, and then, yeah, you kind of invest into these, these weapons. And the reason I love it is because not only does it, you know, add to that progression, it also means you've got something to work towards. It also means that, like I said, it will make runs more unique because then you're like, oh, I just unlocked this new weapon. I can like, you know, hopefully get this. And especially at the beginning when you don't have that many unlocked weapons, you're likely to get it at some point. So um, you'll find it and then obviously you get to try it. Um, but then the downside of that is you don't actually get to try the weapon before you unlock it. So if you hate it, it's then in your rotation. You're stuck with it. Exactly. And that whole RNG thing I was talking about is just so, you know, it's so perfect here where I've unlocked multiple weapons that sound amazing. And then I use them. And I'm like, I hate this. I'm not a fan of this, but it's in my rotation. So I'm likely to find it at some point. And I'm like, oh, whereas obviously before, you know, if I hadn't have got it, there would have been less things in my rotation and I would have been more likely to get the things I want. Um, so there is an element of that. You can do things like custom runs where you can kind of disable things appearing so you can get your perfect run. But obviously that takes away from kind of the core experience if you just say, I want these weapons and then, you know, just run through with those. But yeah, it's um, 
it's got so much progression, you know, starting off with the runes. Once I was done with the runes, I was then working on all the permanent upgrades. Um, I still am. I, it's one of those games where you will just be doing that for a long, long time because there's so many weapons. I think there's over like 100 weapons at this point because um, they've supported it with like DLCs. There was a free DLC and the, they, were, they added two other DLCs, which are kind of cheap. I think they were like five, six pound. Oh, wow. um, they had kind of a lot more. So they had like whole new routes. Mm. Um, that all sort really... of incorporates into the base game type thing. Yeah, literally. I don't. I if I hadn't, because I wanted to know everything that I needed to do for the runes. If I hadn't looked up things for the runes to to see how to get them, I literally wouldn't have known what was base game and what was DLC. Um, oh wow! Yeah, that's because... good though. That that because sometimes DLC content can dip. Yes. Um, exactly. So so if you couldn't even tell the difference, then that's yeah. It. It's to be fair, I actually prefer most of the DLC content as well. So they mm. clearly have learned what people like, um, because they add it so that, like I said, part of these routes can diverge and and you know they they can end up leading to the you know similar places, but they can go off completely. Um, and you'll get to a point and you'll have two options. You'll be like, do I want to go to this place or this place? Um, and I was going to one of them, and then I was like, oh wait, this is DLC, and I was loving it. And I was like, no wonder. Um, and then I was like, oh, I've got to go to the other one. Um, it also works with keyboard chroma. It's just a little thing that I loved. I d- it's one of those tiny things that you're just really like, it puts a smile on your face. Every time you go to a new biome, um, your keyboard chroma, so the lights will take uh, a color of what the biome's like overriding color is. Mm. So it's just like, there's this like really green, dingy village called Stilt Village. And it's like, there's loads of like pirate guys and it's, it's it's really weird but the keyboard will go all green and the only thing you'll have is your health bar on the lights so on the on the number keys and i don't know what it is but i love when developers do little things like that so you can actually Mm. see your health bar in real life um just a little thing but yeah so much progression about progression so much kind of like that keeps bringing me back because every time i'm like right i'm done you know i was like i'm gonna finish the game and then i'm probably gonna stop um because like i said I, I really like the game but i i didn't see myself kind of playing it that much but as soon as i finished it i was like right next run <laughs> and then i was like oh i'm doing it i'm doing the roguelike thing you're doing and the it is, hades it literally is and i'm like oh no D- to be fair what have i done yeah um so yeah i will keep playing it there's the daily runs you know just to really incentivize it the daily runs don't really interest me that much but again they give blueprints if you win mm. one five and ten so now i'm like Let's do the 10 daily runs, get my blueprints. Yeah, I always like looking at daily content and then being like, is it worth it? If it is, yeah. Exactly. So I'm going to do my 10 and then probably never do a daily run again. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, um, it's a really, really like fantastic um, roguelike. And, you know, if you're into the kind of story of it, there's a really deep story, I'm pretty sure. I am um, with Hades. It's very kind of um, obvious and it's very in your face in a mm. good way. Um, because of the character development and you speak to the characters and you have kind of like these one-to-ones like I said it's almost like a dating simulator (laughs) so it's hard to to not pay attention that was one of my problems with Dead Cells I'm pretty sure the story is really really good (laughs) if you look into it and there's so much yeah and you'll get kind of points in the game where you can the because everything's timed the timer will pause and there's things that you can interact with in certain kind of rooms or hidden spaces. There's loads of hidden spaces, which I love because um, it, again, just incentivizes exploration. Um, and he'll just like, there'll be like little dialogue. One of the th- cute things is there's loads of little references. Um, so they reference like Half-Life, funny enough. Um, there's, there's like a, fa- a guy like dead in the corner with a face crawler on. And he's like, hmm, still twitching. Almost seems like it's half-living. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, that's funny. I was like, it's just one of those things. It's like little things like that. That's when I will pay attention because I was like, is that Half-Life? And then I read it and I was like, yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, I think it, it would be the type of thing that you'd love, all the little lore things mm. that you can find around the world because everything's very empty. It's very desolate. And seeing these things, it pieces together what's happened to the world. Um, and obviously I only know from kind of a base level of what's happened because for me, it's all about the run. And I'm like quick gotta do it as fast as possible and i'm like no time for stuff even though it pauses it literally is like look i've paused take your time and read through this i'm like can't i got run to do but yeah really love it if you love roguelikes give it a go um it's not i I don't think it's very expensive to be honest i mean i i got on sale you know sorry days gone developer but (laughs) yeah i feel really bad after that chat you guys Uh, had by the way you feel what? Uh, just, just me every time I'm on the podcast. We're not. Like, yeah, wait for a sale. Yeah, I got that. Literally. Sale. Yeah, but, and then he was like, "Thanks, guys, I'm going." I was like, oh, I, "Sorry, I, I'm poor. <laughs> I, got I was for, rich. I'd buy everything full price." I got it for sixteen pound with the two deals, the two paid DLCs. So that was like, you know, that I think that's a really good value, especially if you are into progression like me and you're a little completionist and you're. I will be playing it for a long time probably. So. It will definitely be a you know worthwhile investment, but yeah, really good. So, are we all ready to move on to the quiz? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to this. What do you think is on? I bet Jack can tell you. Probably is dead, dead cells. cells. <laughs> it is dead cells. Thank you. It is dead cells. Jack knows that I love to do a quiz based on the review I do, purely because yeah, yeah, purely because one. I like to see if I drop in any answers with because I try not to, which makes the review harder because I'm thinking about what I'm saying more. Um, and two, just because it's what I'm into at the time, you know, I, I'm re- I really have loved kind of what I've done with Dead Cells. Um, I've only finished it like twice, to be honest. Um, I think it's quite challenging, uh, roguelike, um, at least because it's 2D and I'm not the best at 2D games compared to other games. But anyway. So the the quiz will be on dead cells, and I don't think I've given away any of these answers, but we shall see how it goes. So question one: What rune enables you to stick to walls? So as I said, there are there are these runes in the game, and each of them will give you something that will allow you to access areas you couldn't access before, and one of them enables you to stick to walls and basically kind of run up them. Um, so what what is the name of this rune? So is it a the spider rune? B, the sticky rune, or C, the glue rune? Spider rune, sticky rune, or glue rune? I'm going to go with spider rune. Spider rune? Oh, I wanted spider rune. Um, Are you going to go with your gut or make it interesting? Um, spider rune sounds the most logical, but I feel like making it interesting today, so I'll go with the glue rune. It was, in fact, the spider route. Damn it. Uh, if you go for it, you know, to be interesting, you never win. I know this from experience. I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just but, a hard life we live. <laughs> I mean, it was from like a, an imagery in my brain. I was like, yeah, it feels like it'd be spider rune, but Yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. There's like, you know, a spider lady at some point and it makes sense to be a spider rune. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to make that an easy one because I was like... <laughs> It's not kind of, it's kind of like satirical, but sticky rune and glue rune. I don't, you know, it doesn't fit the genre. But anyway, what, <laughs> this one I You're know stupid I stupid in conclusion. Well, this one I know I didn't drop in because I tried really hard. Um, what currency can be used for permanent upgrades? 
Okay, so I said that there is permanent upgrades, but I made sure not to tell you what the currency was. Um, so these are at the end of the biomes. You'll find a guy again. I don't even know his name. He's just very kind of creepy, and he just wants this currency. Is it A gold, B titanite, or C cells? I'm going to go with cells. Check. I'm going. What and say the two? Other, I know one was gold. What was the other one? Titanite. titanite. Um, I'll do that to make it interesting. I like titanite though. It sounds cool. Yeah. So the permanent upgrades are spent with titanite, Jack. Damn it! And... No, no. I'm saying is that is that your answer? Yeah. It is cells. <laughs> Uh, yes this is meant cells. to be these are the first two so these were meant to be yeah the easy questions dead cells yeah it's cells. Yeah, i mean i would have out of normal like the name cells dead cells game i've gone is dead titanite cells, actually to... in the game though no as always oh. whenever i do these types of games i always draw on my my favorite inspiration titanite is a weapon upgrade material in dark souls <laughs> I was going to say, I really like the sound of that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, it's too it. realistic. I, well. I wish I could. Like. That's why I always choose from Dark Souls because they, you know, <laughs> then, then it is. You yeah, know, we realistic. won't know as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, until I start playing Dark Souls weapon. and becoming a Dark Souls fanatic, <laughs> then you're screwed. You're like Bradley. Guess you got a tight nice slab. <laughs> <I'm> like, Ooh. <laughs> tell me more (laughs) gold is a currency in the game but that is literally just for the kind of on the run thing so you can you you know if your rng is going really that terrible you can kind of buy weapons from a shop but again the shop is related to rng you only get a choice of three items screwed so yeah those three items might be awful um and then there's upgrades later on where you can yeah you can you can get an upgrade later on that gets you to lets you re-roll the shop so again it's just kind of like the more permanent upgrades you get the easier your runs will get in a way um, which is the whole point of roguelikes question three what infectious virus has spread throughout the land so this is kind of again you know me not paying much attention to the story this is something that is quite <laughs> obvious that has happened um is it a smallpox b malaise or c coronavirus it's not coronavirus what how do Um, you know they could have made it really you know modern and in reference uh, i mean i'm pretty sure it was before corona so uh, i'm gonna go with malaise okay and just again just to make things interesting i'm gonna go smallpox it is malaise yes so should have just done it anyway yeah wait are you are you tied up too much of a Oh no, it's two to one, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, two. Yeah, one. I'm winning. So yeah, smallpox is you know a kind of a real life disease. Malaise is um, made up for the game. Again, I don't know too much about it, and I don't want these super hardcore dead cells. It kills fans. cells. Maybe. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I know that it become you can essentially use it as a mechanic in the game. Like you can give yourself malaise, and then. Um, it actually like, so makes the game harder. Yeah, and and that's kind of cool. So I'll I'll look into more malaise, but I know that malaise is the infectious virus. Um, question four: Which of these are not bosses in the game? You know, you know I love this one. Anything that has bosses, <laughs> so stop. Don't ever look at Dark Souls bosses. <laughs> <laughs> is it A the concierge, B conjunctivius? Or see the rotten, which is not a boss oh, in the game. Can we have them one more time? The concierge. Concierge. Conjunctivius or the rotten, which is not a boss. I'm going to go with the concierge. 
See, I would have gone with the concierge because of the other two names sound like Ill, uh, like illness related. Yeah. But at the same time, I Bradley feel like could be frying a yeah. frying And what were the other two? So the concierge, conjunctivious, and the rotten. The conjunctivious rotten. could be something Bradley's made up, though. Yeah. Well, so we've got the concierge and the rotten, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is the rotten. Yeah, the rotten I believe is a Dark Souls two boss, <laughs> so I won't I won't talk about that much. But the concierge is the first boss that pretty I think you have to fight without it because obviously not mm. having any of the external um, the extra uh, uh, exploration runes and conjunctivious is a giant eye that basically has conjunctivitis, so he's all swollen and pink. Oh wow! Yeah, so they just named him Conjunctivious. Um, That's great. Which, which is why I wanted to include it, and I wanted to see whether I could say it in the podcast because it's quite. An I awful thought. Word I when thought. You I it. thought I could see Bradley and Alexa giggling to themselves coming up with that one. No, yeah, no, he is real. You can Google He's just a giant eye that's chained up. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I like. That. Yeah, I was like, I like these kind of on the nose things. Conjunctivitis, conjunctivious. Um, so, question five. We're drawing at the Yeah, moment. I was going to say, hopefully the tiebreaker question, though I, I did create another one um, kind of last minute because <laughs> I realized that last time I didn't, we, we needed one. But um, question five, what is the starting point of every run? So, as I said, you have the chance to, to kind of divert and go all separate places, but there's always one point where you have to go through. Is that the A, prisoner's quarters, B, the ramparts, or C, the throne room? What is the starting point of Dead Cells every time? Uh, Embracing me in at Elder Scrolls, I'll go with the prisoner's quarters. It is the prisoner's quarters. Oh, yeah. Chris steals it. The ramparts is sort of a mid-game thing that you can go to again. You know, it's one of the routes you can take. And the throne room is kind of the... uh, the end yeah, that it, is the final it would feel weird oh, yeah. to start in the throne room unless yeah. it was like king cells yeah. <laughs> i thought king cells <laughs> yeah the, the kind of goal is to get to the the throne room every time um so yes so i believe chris is dead cells master to be fair he probably would be he'd probably play it once and know more than me after my 15 hours <laughs> of gameplay <laughs> <laughs> so please go to chris with all of your dead cells questions cool yeah i mean um do you know if it's on the game pass bradley it feels like a game that should be on the game it's it will be tomorrow don't worry just check it will bradley. be tomorrow <laughs> whenever this episode Recently goes live added. check after <laughs> it will be um, because if it is, I'll add it to my play later list that has already got about twenty five. Be, be ready for the challenge, but like I said, if you take it slow, it should be absolutely fine. Um, and yeah, I think, and then you can tell me all about the law because I'd love to know. To be honest, it's one of those things. But every time I'm like, slow down. I'll like it. text you over Bradley and be like, and you'll be like, oh, so that's, so that's what, that what I mean. I'd love the teller to to you know to tell me tell how me. it goes. Yeah, rather than me being like reading because obviously it's not voice acted you know it is kind of an indie game um which i was watching the credits and i'm someone who likes to leave it till the end and i'm pretty sure the credits just keep going round in circles i was (laughs) like i I swear i've seen this name and alexa was like i think i've seen production again (laughs) i was like i'm gonna skip i can't keep doing this it was like 10 minutes and i was like this is not a big team why am i still watching this but yeah it was, it was kind of there for an hour and a half like this is a really big team it's just like some <laughs> guy who's in charge of the credits just wanted to troll yeah i bet they did i bet they were like they'll never notice they'll never notice it's like it's different 
Like, because I always will wait for like the Ubisoft credits, like at the end of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, I think the last one, I was literally, it was like 15 minutes and it was still going. I was like, oh my goodness. They're so I was, like, long. I get it. There's a lot of people. I and, like, get it. I and, don't like, care. And like, I, I, I respect and thank you for all your hard work in the, into the game. But show me the post game cutscene. <laughs> Jesus. Like, how, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like I've wasted so much of my life now. But thank you for your hard work as well. <laughs> exactly, you feel bad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, cool. I believe it's time for closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. We need a little jingle for that. <laughs> that's my close. That's my closing thought. We need okay. a little jingle. We need a jingle for closing um, thoughts. Well, we do have uh, excitingly the return of a guest episode next week. Yeah, it's been a while for it since we've had guests, isn't it? It we've has. Big gap. Yes, it has. Guest mm-hmm. um, episodes are always fun. And, uh, you know, we'll probably tease who that is uh, closer to the date. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is someone we have had on before. And we had a lot of fun last time he was on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so just keep your eyes peeled, f- peeled for that next week then, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyone else have anything else to add? No. All good. No. No. Okay then guys, we will see you same time next week. Next week. I was gonna say weekend from it then. (laughs) I'll see you at the weekend, guys. It's not stalkery or anything, is it? Okay. See you later, guys. See you later. Bye bye. See you later.